Welcome, ghouls and ghosts, to our annual spine-tingling edition of the Gabbing with Geeson podcast. Pour yourself some Malibu cocktails and gather around our digital campfire for a wickedly good time as we dive into the eerie, the supernatural, and the downright creepy. Turn the lights down low and light your jack-o'-lanterns. It's time for our annual Halloween Spooktacular. A haunted hello, Gabbers. It's me, your ghoulish host, Gason. That's right, the velvety voice of homosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back with our annual Halloween Spooktacular. And I decided this year I had to have a co-host. And so I'm going to bring our co-host on right now. Because, you know, sometimes for a Halloween Spooktacular, you've got to have a co-host. And so welcome back, guesty. Bestie, Chris. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Sounds super thrilled. <laughs> Do me a quick favor and uh, give your, your pronouns out for everyone who may. This might be their first episode and they don't know. Uh, he, him. Thank you. Minor he, him as well. We're getting better at it. I think this is like the fifth episode in a row that we've done it. So we're getting there. But it is spooky season. We're releasing this a couple days before Halloween. So you have plenty of time to listen to it a lot, multiple times. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, this will come out and you'll have time to listen to it as you get ready for your, like maybe a Halloween party or maybe Halloween night when you're handing out, uh, treats to the kids and the adults. I think adult Halloween needs to happen too. Like <laughs> I think Halloween should be split into two, right? You have trick or treat for the kids at like ends at like seven 30. All right. Teenagers ends at nine. Okay. <laughs> 10 to two is adult Halloween, and the next day everyone is a paid day off work. <laughs> and I think that you should hand out alcoholic treats to the adults. Well, there you go. There was a, a, a friend of mine in one of my training classes, and that's what they did. They handed out, they did like an adult trick or treat event, and the adults went around and got different shots and treats at different houses on the block. Like they had IV bags that were filled with liquor, nice. or syringes, or jello shots. Why don't we do that? <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's probably some places to do. I'm sure uh, you can find a bar crawl somewhere. We, we need to do it, I just think. Anyway, well, <laughs> my gosh, we have a big show tonight. We have a big show. We, Of course, uh, Chris gets to try a brand new Malibu <laughs> cocktail. Um, we're going to be talking about urgen, uh, urban, urgen, urban legends from our area here in St. Louis, as well as some that were sent in from some of you gabbers. We're going to hear some Halloween movie commercials from the radio. That's right, kids. Back in the day, they didn't just advertise things on TV. It was on the radio, so you could be scared in the car. <laughs> and uh, Penny Dreadful's going to stop back by. Um, we have some Halloween voicemails. And of course, we will review the 
scariest movies of 2023. So we have a lot going on on the show. It's a lot. I gave uh, Chris a copy of the script slash rundown and um, his eyes were a little big because I don't think he knew what he was getting into. <laughs> I, never, I never do know That's, with you, Jason. I never this know. Is, this is so true. So uh, first off, I need everybody to make sure that you've got a cocktail with you. Sit back. Turn the lights down low. Uh, if you don't have a cocktail, I'm going to give you a recipe, and then I want you to pause the show. Go go out. Go buy all the ingredients. Come back. <laughs> make the cocktail. <laughs> then start the show back up again, because you should have a cocktail. So this time, I reached out to our friends at ChatGPT, <laughs> and I said, hey, can you come up with a spooky Halloween cocktail featuring Malibu? And ChatGPT, I'm not going to put the, the voice that it in because it's a long time to hear that thing talk. ChatGPT came back to me and said, how about the Malibu Midnight Morgatini? Morgatini. <laughs> I, I like that. It's, I make you think know, of them like a formaldehyde mix. You know? True. <laughs> I, well, because then... Uh, and maybe we should change the color of it too. Oh, I don't know. You could so, have done it blue because that's embalming fluid. Is I was going like to ask what color is embalming fluid. I think it's I thought, blue. Is it blue or green? I, I didn't know what it, it was. Could it could be either. I thought they always show it as blue in like that's TV true. Shows that's true. Stuff. So um, the ingredients are two ounces of Malibu, put in more, uh, an ounce of black vodka. Now here's the thing with black vodka. You technically they can't sell it in the states, sort of because. The rule is that vodka is supposed to be clear, I guess. But there is a black vodka out there from Germany. I don't remember what the name of it is now. It doesn't matter. Uh, but what we did is just use food coloring to change the color to black. So there you go. Um, a half an ounce of blue curacao. A half an ounce of lime juice. Oh, I'm pretty sure I read that wrong. <laughs> pretty sure there's a lot more lime juice than that in here. <laughs> Uh, and I definitely read the simple syrup wrong and a half ounce of simple syrup as well. And then, um, some black sugar for rim in the glass and, uh, everyone loves a good glass rimming. So, uh, am I right about this, Chris? You're hundred percent correct, <laughs> sir. hundred percent. So all you do is you start by rimming your glass as every encounter should, uh, which a great tip, honestly, is to take some uh, fresh cut limes and like take the lime and rim the wedge mm. uh, because it has the the sugar has stayed on this entire time. It has. No, and it then you, good. you know, put put some sugar in a bowl and burr, 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 spin it around. Nobody can see what my hands are doing, but I'm trying to spin it. Uh, and then you're going to add everything else into a shaker with some ice. Uh, fill it, uh, shake it until it's nice and cold. Strain it. Put it in your martini glass that has your... Um, your uh stuffs and then um it did say that you could garnish with a, a slice of lime i chose not to because i'm kind of glad i didn't since i put a lot more lime juice in here but it was freshly squeezed lime juice i squeezed it myself that's good because unlike certain people guesty bestie brie who have fake lime juice and a squeezable <laughs> lime plastic thing that's not that's not fresh anyway you can also if you'd like to add a little extra halloween spookiness according to our friend chat gpt you can put a little plastic spider ring around the glass or on the glass now my martini glasses are a little bit different but they work so uh chris can you please describe how beautiful i made your drink it looks great actually i was gonna say with these martini glasses the the interior is like a cone and so it almost looks like a witch's hat 
Oh, that's upside true. Upside down with the, with the sugar around the side. It's got, it looks oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's right? true. Yeah. The way these look, they like I said, they look like a witch's hat. And I think I matched the color pretty well to the sugar. Like, yeah, I did you a did. good job. You did. Um, they look great. All I did was squeeze all three colors together. And I don't <laughs> know if I knew how many drops. I just was like, just shoved it in there and shook it up. So uh, are you, let's do a little toasty toast all to right. the annual Halloween spooktacular. All right. I don't know if that clinked on this thing, but it did. So yeah. here we go. Wow. That's pretty good. I'm not mad about that. No. I got a lot of lime in mine, though. Yeah, but it's good. It is good. We're crunching on the sugar, but yeah, <laughs> I might have more of this throughout the show. Yeah, that's this that's is, pretty tasty. Mm, I just got a real hint of, you know what I can't taste? The vodka. No. Mm-mm. You know what I think also is going to happen? Our teeth are going to be stained. <laughs> let's look, take a look oh we got a little yeah, yeah, yeah so do you mm. yep yep mm. okay well be careful with this one kids <laughs> i can't taste the vodka in it though could you no, taste the vodka you really can't Mm-mm. i mean i get kind of a when you like inhale you get mm-hmm. that vodka kind of you know how vodka mm-hmm. has that but it's not a prominent prominent mm. it's good i think it needs more malibu but other than that i'm good with it what a great cocktail. Yeah. Now yeah. pause the show, go make it, and come back. We're going to wait. <laughs> we're waiting. say a word. We're, ju- we're just waiting. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Kyle. <laughs> go make it. I know you got this fancy stuff at home. Okay, we'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough waiting. That's, That's, enough. Enough. That's enough silence where people are going to be like, are they still there? Did you leave? Oh, my gosh. All right, here's the deal. We are going to uh, take a quick commercial break for you to listen to some fantastic ads from the 70s and 80s and earlier for some classic horror films. And we'll be right back with the show. Water. You can drink it. You can swim in it. And if you're not careful, you can die in it. Piranha. Piranha. The deadliest flesh eaters of all. Their razor teeth can strip a man to bone in seconds. And now they're here lakes and rivers of America. Piranha, they'll keep you alive. From New World Pictures rated R under 17, not admitted without her. Come to the class reunion, but only if you have a craving for terror. For nothing is more terrifying than a party given by the Redeemer. Continue to gather the souls of those who have sinned with the hand that bears the mark of the son of Satan. The face of terror is never more terrifying than when worn by the Redeemer. First, the Omen. Now, the Redeemer. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. A Dimension Pictures release. Ooh, those were spooky. They were. They were spooky. Have you ever seen Piranha, the original I have. from the yep. 70s? Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, that was a hot mess back then. Well, yeah. And then the remake was a lot of boobs. <laughs> well, that's in the 80s. That was that's, all that's the... That's true. If you I, didn't have did boobs you, bouncing around. Did you wasn't. see the, the remake? The one that I came out? I don't with, think uh, I've seen the remake. Oh, Ving Rams. Ving Rams. Ving Rames, Ving Rames, Rames yeah. was in it, and Elizabeth Shue was the oh, star. Oh, yeah. I remember it, but I, I didn't see it, no. Oh, it was, uh, it was a lot of... <laughs> I remember seeing it with some friends, and when the piranha ate this porn star's um, 
Boob. <laughs> a silicone breast implant floated oh, in the water. That's such bad. I'm sorry. Shit. I'm giving spoilers. That movie came out years ago. Yeah. If you've never seen it, I don't want to tell you. There's a dick shot in it that it will haunt your memory. <laughs> so, anyway, what about Redeemer, Son of Satan? I, you know, I remember it. But I probably saw it. We I had cable back in the day, so I'm sure I've seen it. I don't but think I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it sounds like a hot ass mess that I should probably <laughs> see, yeah. and then get guesty bestie Kaylee to watch it because I feel like she would too. I bet it's on Tubi. Everything's on Tubi. That's bad, but I love Tubi. We're gonna keep giving them shouts out because I love them. So for the past couple of episodes, we've been asking you to send in your local urban legends, and that is what this Halloween spooktacular is going to be about. Um, we've collected some emails from some of you, and I don't know about other states, but Missouri seems to have a ton of urban legends oh, and yeah. lore and hauntings, yep. which we is do. kind of why you need to be the co-host for this, because you've investigated hauntings and lore. We have, actually. I was just telling my mother-in-law about our about the when we the cabin last oh, year. Oh, yeah, last year's spooky. Yeah, and that we hadn't got a chance to go back out there, but yeah, with that evidence that we caught out there and, if yeah. you have not listened to last year's spooktacular after you finish this one go back and listen to that one and go listen to the one before give yourself a trifecta halloween treat of gabbing with gason so uh we did get a couple emails from some folks around the country and our first one is from uh it's an email from listener amy in texas so hey and amy says hey gason have you heard about the candy lady of texas and I responded out loud to myself because no one was here. No. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of the Candy Lady of Texas? I No, I have not. Okay, I, I so this not. will be good then. So um, uh, her email goes on to say this was back in the late 1800s. The story goes that a woman named Clara Crane married an older man and had a daughter. The daughter died in some kind of an accident. And apparently Clara took the death of the daughter pretty hard which I think you probably would, uh, and got super angry when she found out her husband had been drinking at the time of the accident. Apparently, she decided to punish her husband by lacing a few caramel candies, which were her husband's favorite, with poison and then gave them to him. There you I go. I mean, what a way to go. You're eating your favorite <laughs> treat. I don't know if he... <laughs> I don't know what kind of poison you'd put. Maybe rat poison dust on the top? I, I don't know. I mean, if you're wanting to kill him, though, it'd have to be a lot of rat poison. Because rat poison just usually make, kind of make you sick. sick. Yeah, no. unless you use a lot. I mean, obviously. I don't know. We should probably not talk about like pre pre. pre no, we probably shouldn't <laughs> give any ideas for that. No. <laughs> All right. So, where is this email? Okay. Um, apparently, his body was found by the neighbors, and somehow everyone knew Clara did it, so she was put on trial for the murder. She was found guilty, but uh, not sent to jail, instead to a local asylum. Um, then she was released due to overcrowding or something. But shortly after she got out, children started to go missing near and around her property. Um, and I will say that I did look this up, and it said that at least eight children went missing. Wow. So other children reportedly found, this is the part that's this creepy. Uh, other children reportedly found candy wrappers on their windowsills signed by the candy lady. Mm. And also at the same time, the sheriff vanished and his body was later found in a ditch. Forks had been stabbed into his eyes and his pockets were full of candy. Wow. And they, she says many people still believe the candy lady still roams around luring children with candy and then pulling out their teeth or stabbing them in the eyes with forks. <laughs> Happy Halloween. That's, you know, it's kind of funny. Just 
kind of off track, but there's a, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Beaumont Caves, the Mud Caves. No. Um, Boy Scouts, there's a Boy Scout camp This area. might be a surprise. I went to one Boy Scout meeting. Hey, that's all we right. We realized that that quickly was not <laughs> was for not me. for you. No. But yeah, they it's Betsy Beaumont. Apparently they were back in the 1800s, got into the caves, her and her children, and the, the mud, they're called the mud caves because it started to rain and they filled with mud and they all died. Oh. And so it was always the thing they told us that she'll come down to your tent at night and steal you away because she's looking to replace her dead children that she, but yeah. But yeah, the Beaumont mud caves. Why do we like to traumatize children with these horror stories? And like I said, at at Boy Scout camp, the Boy Scout, our leaders would always, we'd always have a big bonfire when we were at that campsite and they'd always love to tell the tale of Betsy Beaumont. So at night, nobody, yeah, you're just like waiting at your tent with your sleeping bag. I would have been an absolute dick. (laughs) And gotten some mud on my hands just and just put prints all over the outside of the tent. You know, they probably should, probably should have. But, yeah. but that I mean, reminds me that that's, that's very, very, that's very reminiscent. I just had to want to interject because that's no. very reminiscent of that Betsy, you know, looking for children. And, I'm really glad Amy sent it in because I had never heard of the No, I had, I, I have not either. That is an interesting. But there's, there's, you can go out and search for stuff about it. So yeah. uh, now you have one you wanted to talk about. Yes, actually, it's one that I read about when I was young because I've always been in with the supernatural, paranormal, um, and it's Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Which <laughs> what they, is a mongoose? Uh, it's kind of a we- it's part of the weasel, weasel? family. Yeah. Okay. Um, and actually, there's a new movie that just came out with Simon Pegg called Nandor Fandor, and the Talking Mongoose. And when oh. I saw the we saw the trailer, and I'm like. The talking was, and then they said his name, and it's actually interesting because Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. um, is doing the voice of Jeff. Oh, okay. And when you look it up, it, it's spelled G E F because it's from the Isle of Man, is where oh, okay. this, the legend comes from. Um, so it's pronounced Jeff. When I was a kid, I didn't know that, so I always called him Geff. I would have called him Geff. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, from the Isle of Man, and it's a family called the Irvings. They had a farm. And supposedly, yeah, Jeff showed up one day and they would hear, originally they said they heard like, almost like baby talk in the walls, like something was learning how to speak and they, it just progressed. And then Jeff just started talking to the family and apparently he liked to use hell a lot. Like he'd say he had a hell of a run and he had this. Wait, could they see the mongoose? Or was they, the that's the interesting thing. They said they never saw him directly. They apparently they would hear see him in they, the walls. They'd hear him in the walls. And they said they saw his shadow once, like re- being reflected from the fire. Jesus, um, but yeah, they, they claim they never, they never actually saw him. And supposedly the legend goes that he would go into the local town and gather gossip and come back and bring it back. Oh, to, I love Jeff. Yes, and there was there's whether these are true or not. There was there was always tales that the they actually would put they put electrified like battery things on the bottom of these buses because apparently he would ride the bottom of the bus and listen. <laughs> and so again, if that Stop was it. yeah, if that was ever confirmed, that was just in some. I've read so many different tales about. Him, I've just, never heard of Jeff. Where was Jeff located? Where was it? It was the Isle of Man. Isle of yeah, Man. Yeah, back in the, I believe it was the early 1900s is when it took place. I have never um, heard of this. Yeah, I read about it when I was young. Um, and they also, I guess they called him Dal- the Dalby Spook as oh, okay. well. Um, but yeah, it was, the, like I said, it started in the, in the, it was the hamlet of Dalby on the Isle of Man in 1930. Sorry, early 1930s. Um, and yeah, they claim that you know, parapsychologists, ghost hunters would come out and talk to to Jeff. To Jeff. Um and Did Jeff 
continue on for a long time or did it just suddenly stop like it seems like a lot of um it went on do. it went on through the early 1930s in like oh. 1936-ish um a lot of people came to say it was just a hoax it was mm-hmm. just the family you know perpetrating a hoax but supposedly it ended um when a, another local farmer shot jeff <gasps> No. He claims he shot some sort of weasel-looking creature, but it was more demonic-looking, apparently, from what the the original... um, But yeah, they, like I said, they they claim, like I said, the most of them think that it was a hoax, that the youngest daughter was perpetrating a hoax. Um, But a lot of people supposedly, you know, still believed that it was. I haven't seen the movie yet with Simon, but Simon Pegg plays a paranormal researcher Mm -hmm. coming in to investigate. Um... But they claim other supernatural stuff kind of happened in the house as well, like some stuff was floating and things like that. Again, whether or not it's all true, I always have found it fascinating because just the fact of the talking mongoose just... I mean, I love that it chose a mongoose. Yes. What an odd animal to, to pick. <laughs> to Are mongoose... Uh, mongoose? Mongooses? Mongoose, I guess. It would I be the... <laughs> um, are they uh, are they like pretty pretty populated on the Isle of Man? Uh, yeah, I mean, they are. They, okay. get, they do get a lot of sense, ermine and things like that. I would like be that. surprised if all of a sudden Jeff started talking here and there was a ghost of a mongoose in my walls. So yes. I think, you know, in Missouri we would be. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, it was 1946, so it lasted okay. quite a while. That's when he, he claimed the, uh, I guess his name was Leslie Graham, um, yeah. shot and killed Jeff. They claimed the body was displayed, um, but... Never, never was. Oh, poor Jeff. Yeah. It's probably like losing a family member at that point. What, <laughs> what an interesting thing. Yeah. No, I would, like I said, that was one I always, especially with the new movie that, like I said, it's how I think you can rent it on like uh, Amazon Prime. What's the movie called? Uh, Nandor Fandor, as I believe is the, is the full title. Um, and like I said, it's got Simon Pegg in it and um, Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. It actually has quite a few. Actually, let me look that up because there is actually quite a few pretty famous people mini drivers in it simon pegg's in it christopher lloyd's in it oh um yeah nandor fedor sorry nandor fedor yeah and the talking mongoose i'm dead yep my god and so but yeah it's like i said it's got quite a few um famous people like said christopher i was pretty sure christopher lloyd and good for him and, and like for still said, doing stuff yeah and like i said if you like um, neil gaiman especially you know my wife sarah yeah loves neil gaiman so no. she's been yeah she's been wanting to watch that's very um, exciting because she's not a movie person no either. she's not at all that's so good. okay well um coming back a little bit closer to home uh have you ever heard about the missouri urban legend of the witch of saint charles you know i have i did i have seen i've seen i've read things on that about it's molly crenshaw yes yes okay so the the witch of saint charles was molly crenshaw now depending on what you read or who you talk to or what you believe she was either a free jamaican or or haitian slave and she lived in southern St. Charles in the 19th century. And there's the le- the first legend is, is that she practiced voodoo and the villagers would come to her for potions. Uh, and everything was great until one of the farmers, or until they had a really harsh winter. And so and started blaming nature. Instead of blaming nature, the, the farmers and everybody had blamed her. And uh, they uh, obviously put her through the Missouri version of a witch trial, which was, you know, you're guilty. And... Uh, <laughs> But they were afraid of her, so they cut her into quarters, 
and her body parts were scattered all across. Now it says various locations. When I heard this one as a kid, I heard it across the country. A lot of people say it's in the state. Mm. So I don't know. Um, but what they wanted to do was make sure that they kept her body parts as far away from each other because uh, slowly they are moving underground towards each other. And when she reattaches, <laughs> nice, it's going to be like an apocalyptic event. Um, now, there are some other theories about who Molly was. Uh, but in reality, um, Molly was um, a teacher. And um, she committed... Uh, she ended her own life by drinking carbolic acid. Oof. I was like, damn, girl. Because she was going deaf. Oh. And so, um, you know, then the story started piling up. And it would kind of make sense, too, because, you know, suicide is, is probably something that's probably like shocking back then because it was around, this was in 1913. Um, but the legend started really kind of going crazy. And there's a story about in the 1950s, there were two football players from a local high school here. I'm not going to give its name out because I didn't go there. So I'm not propping them up. <laughs> um, but they uh, tried to steal her tombstone. Oh, and wow. later on, the sheriff found bodies, their bodies impaled on the graveyard fence. Mm. And apparently trying to uh, visit her gravestone became such a huge thing that in the 70s, another group of high school students went out to find her grave, wandering around the dark, screaming out insults. They got scared, uh, which involved uh, actually a pretty bad accident. A, a girl ended up jumping off the old St. Charles Bridge in order to uh, escape the spirit of Molly. The family of Molly ended up taking her headstone yeah, so that nobody knew where we she was buried because it's probably it was good. because such a big deal. And people still talk about Molly today. Um, I remember, I almost think that there was a, like a haunt that was dedicated to Molly mm. Crenshaw for a while. So, but you had heard the story of Molly? I had heard the story. I hadn't heard the story about them like cutting her up, <laughs> like in moving all the different body parts. <laughs> oh, that's the that, story that, that I remember Yeah, for no, sure. that, I didn't, I didn't remember that. I do remember the part though where, um, they did talk about her committing suicide. I do remember that when I was reading about it. So. That acid thing? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty hardcore. That's a, that's a. Heck That's, of a way to go, man. Damn. I was like, <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. So we're going to take another commercial break, and you can enjoy these spooktacular commercials from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> when will man ever learn that when he pollutes the air and the water, he declares war against nature? American International Pictures presents Frogs, the story of the day nature strikes back. It was bound to happen, but why now? Why did these particular people on that particular island face this particular kind of slithering, slimy terror? See Frogs, starring Ray Milland, Sam Elliott, Joan Van Ark, Adam Rourke, and Judy Pace. American International Picture, in color rated PG. Frogs, today the pond, tomorrow the world. On December 18, 1975, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children moved into a house in Amityville, Long Island. Nineteen days later, they were running for their lives. Selling books in years and is now a fascinating motion picture, an experience in terror to make you believe in the unbelievable. 
the Amityville Horror from American International Rated R under 17, not admitted without parent. <laughs> have you seen frogs? <laughs> I have not. I've never even heard of frogs. First of all, That's frogs a... terrified the shit out of me when I was a kid. Wow, okay. Because it's about this rich southern family. And it's not just killer frogs. Yes, there's killer frogs. Yeah. But this family gets terrorized by like a ginormous snapping turtle. I'm pretty Holy sure that's how Joan Van Ark died. Tarantulas, snakes. Wow. Um, maybe an alligator. That's and then crazy. frogs. It yeah. is ridiculous. I don't know why it scared me so bad, but I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I'm sure you've seen the Amityville. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. And we there. have lots of thoughts on that. I actually, funny story about that when I was younger. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't mind horror movies, but for some reason, the original Amityville horror, when I saw it, we had cable as a mm. kid. And if we were leaving the house, I always made sure to turn the TV off. Because I always thought the the, the would come oh, out of the TV yeah. into the house for some reason, and it never bothered me. Other than that, like I never was, you know, had That's nightmares or anything like that. But it yeah. was a terrifying. I think the original and the remake with Hottie uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Both were terrifying. I didn't think any of the sequels were scary at well, all. Well, yeah, no. But uh, if you don't know the story of Amityville, I mean, maybe that's something we can talk about in another episode someday. But you should know it by now. And if you don't, go research it, and then you can make your opinions on what you think about actually really happened. Yeah, like I said, I'm not I'll keep my opinion to myself. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the first movie was pretty. I mean, for the time, it was pretty scary. That it was, was the scary. Ryan Reynolds one. I, I mean, because you kind of know what to expect. So I really, it didn't really scare me. Yeah, kind of as. But I mean, I was now older, what was so. scary was how beautiful he was with the show. Well, off. he's that always yeah. scary. No, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, no. I, he's, yeah, he he's, is amazing. He's just something pretty. <laughs> he is. Um, wow. Okay, so we just talked about Molly Crenshaw being a potential witch. And uh, I recently had another witch on. And it was uh, horror hostess Penny Dreadful. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and do it. She's amazing. Um, and she's a horror hostess. And we talked for so long that I wasn't able to keep everything in the show. And I said, oh, I'm going to save this for the Halloween show. And uh, I created a new segment for her uh, called A Penny for Your Thoughts That May or May Not Be Dreadful. It's <laughs> good. That's a good segment. <laughs> good segment. A Penny for Your Thoughts That May or May Not Be Dreadful. You get your own segment tonight. It's called... A penny for your thoughts that may or may not be dreadful. <laughs> Chances are they are dreadful. <laughs> so when I was talking to guesty bestie Kyle about this, he was like, well, you know, you should really tap into your theme that you are the home of the 99 cent podcast. And so therefore, if it's a penny for your thoughts, you should ask her 99 questions. And I was like, that would take us uh, into 17 different episodes. So instead, I'm just going to get a nickel's worth out of you and ask you five. <laughs> Okay. All right. Horror movie remakes. Yay, nay, or okay if they've got a little bit more gay. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um well, of course, I I, wa- I wanna say the last the last one. <laughs> uh, but I, I would prefer if it's a new movie with a little more gay and not a remake of an a movie that was already good to begin with, unless it's a really a movie that was terrible mm. that they could remake and make it awesome. Like then, then I could get on board with that. Is there so, a movie? Is there a classic horror film that you would like to see remade that has never been remade in a way that that you felt was worthy? No, 
<laughs> not like, not night of the what is it attack of the giant leeches that's not yeah, okay maybe it, okay i take it back attack of the giant leeches i would like to see a remake of attack of the giant leeches with but the leeches cannot be cgi they have to be puppets like like, like a jim henson workshop creation correct they have to no. be jim henson workshop leeches and with a little more gay a little to, more gay I want um, one of them to sashay uh, as it's attacking a victim. Sashay leech. I would, <laughs> I would pay good money to see you it. Know, so I, I would like the bat to be redone. I think um, it needs to have a couple more deaths, obviously. <laughs> but um, I think that would make a really fun whodunit. And I love a whodunit. Um, I think that would make a really good whodunit is the bat. So I would like to see the bat remade. That's my only one. Awesome. Awesome. Um. Best Dracula. Oh, 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 that's that's gonna that's killing me right now, because you're making me choose between um, Bela Lugosi and Christopher Lee, which is oh, Christopher Lee's a good one. It's so hard to I can't because I love them both so. I'll much. let you have a tie because we're friends now. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Scaring me that that pain. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I love both of them for different reasons, but they're both so good. Um, so good. I would agree. I would agree. Um, I was I was like, please don't say like Jared Leto as Morbius, because then I would have to ask you to leave the show oh, immediately. Yeah, Leto, no, please. And I wouldn't know. No. <laughs> it's one of the worst movies I think I've seen uh, in so long. Uh, um, Joker too. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, he's Joker. Yeah. Oh, uh, like. Uh. Guessy Bessie Tiffany had a huge, I think she still does have a crush on Jared Leto, like as a person, but like as an actor, he makes me want to kick a hole in any wall that's around when I see him on screen because I just can't. Yeah. I can't. All right. You don't get a tie on this one. Favorite witch? Angelique. Oh, okay. Straight off the dark <laughs> shadows. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, that I makes sense. It. That makes sense. Okay. Um, Worst candy to get at Halloween? Necco wafers. Yes! They taste <laughs> like chalk. Yes. I indeed. feel like I probably ate chalk as a child, and maybe that's why <laughs> I know it. Um, we did, uh, I forget what season it was, but we asked every guest, and I'm still going to keep doing it. Uh, what are your thoughts on those? Uh, I'm trying to take my personal opinion out of it. Those those peanut butter candies that come in the orange wrapper and the black wrapper. It's oh. like a, there we go. That's all we needed was that face. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the worst things, and they still make them, and I don't understand why. Not a fan of those. No. All right, last one. Queerest horror icon. So whether it's a character, uh, portrayal of a character, story, whatever, who would you say is like the uh, queerest horror icon to you? Do they have to be queer themselves or nope. an icon to just an icon that you would think is because like you know so there's a huge following for the babadook okay uh, and i don't know if you have you seen the movie the babadook yes i liked it yes okay so i don't know if you know this but the babadook has become a queer icon like there are really? people that dress up oh yeah search babadook i guarantee a rainbow flag will pop up real quick so huh. it's and it's really interesting that the babadook has become a queer icon but then you think about like other characters like uh, I mean, if you you could honestly say like 
Uh, I'm trying to think of who, who I would think off the top of my head besides the Babadook because that's the first one that popped up. But like, I'll be watching certain movies and the killer, oh, Billy and Stu in Scream 1. There is clearly a relationship between those two boys. Oh. And if you really look at the subtext, it's there. And I think Kevin Williamson yes, even right. came out and yeah. said yeah. that there was something between Billy yeah. and Stu. So I'm like, that's a queer icon to me would be Billy and Stu. So it doesn't have to be like the villain, but you know, maybe there's a portrayal of Van Helsing where he is super flamboyant and that is a queer icon. I was thinking a couple of people come to mind. I was trying to think like something specific, but um, I think the Bride of Frankenstein has kind of that. Yes, she does. Iconic. Yeah, I I really... uh, uh, she she kind of comes to mind in that regard um a little bit vincent price too um like in some he could be he could be really flamboyant and and camp like he could be camp and and not so much in like super serious movies but there were some tongue-in-cheek kind of performances that he would do and that i could see that all his vincent price himself because uh, he was so hip and also 100 percent agree yeah yeah so was it I, theater of blood did he do theater of blood where he killed the people based on <laughs> on was it famous That's, plays or just characters yeah. in history i i remember watching that for the first time and i was shook when oh he God. had that guy oh. eat the 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 dogs and i was like oh. what is happening what was am i watching that was that is he i love theater that was one one of his favorite roles too for edward liner because he kills who played who played his daughter diana rigg that's what i thought it was diana rigg it was diana rigg yeah um so he plays for those who haven't seen it he's a shakespearean a really hammy shakespearean actor who the critics savaged his work and he gets revenge on them by killing each one of them off using Shakespearean death scenes. It's so campy. It's wonderful. I've only, I think I've seen it twice, but it has stayed with me. I mean, I probably saw it like a decade ago and I just remember sitting there the whole time being like, what am I watching? This is... (laughs) Yeah. Do you know who else I think would also be a queer icon too for horror is, did you see the remake of House on Haunted Hill with Jeffrey Rush playing the I Vincent haven't Price? watched the remake, no. Okay, super gory, but Jeffrey Rush does such an amazing job. And I, I don't think he's portraying Vincent Price, even though I think they named his character Vincent or Price or whatever his name. Anyway, but he's so sassy and... There's a there's just him and Famke Jensen. She plays his wife. Uh, did you see the original House on Haunted Hill? Oh, you have to have. Please oh, tell I've me. Been. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's the same premise, except uh, a ghost inter. <laughs> Here's what happens. Let me give you the five on it, real quick. Um, the actual house isn't a mansion anymore. It is in a. It's a. I hate using the term insane asylum now because I feel like that's probably not the right term we want to use. But back then, it was an insane asylum, where the inmates broke out and murdered the staff, and it's just been shut down and shuttered ever since. And uh, he, uh, Jeffrey Rush's character, is known for his elaborate theme parks and scare pranks. And Lisa Loeb and James Marsters from Buffy make a little cameo in it. Uh, where they interview him in an elevator on the ride up to his new terrifying ride where they have robotic ar- uh, robotic people on the ride with you. So like somebody might lose an arm or like flail. It's ridiculous. 
So they get in this elevator and they have to go up like a hundred floors and all of a sudden the elevator breaks and the floor drops out beneath them and they're screaming. And then it's like, ding, you've arrived. And it was like the ride was actually the elevator up to the to the thing. So watching Lisa Loeb and, and James Marsters freak out, it's fantastic. Okay. So he decides to host the birthday party for the wife, which is Famke Jensen, who's also amazing. Uh, he They create this, she sends him his list of the people she wants. He shreds it, creates his own list. A ghost somehow through the internet enters his computer and instead types this other list of people. They all arrive in limos. It's the same premise. If they stay in the house the whole night, they each get a million dollars, I think is what it is. And um, it is ridiculous, but he has some of the campiest lines. And they she basically implies that he's sleeping with men. He doesn't deny it, but <laughs> it's, it's well worth his, if you can get past a lot of the gore, it's definitely well worth the... Uh, just I'll his have, performance alone. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. Um, I would also say um not horror, but horror part of horror. Um Elvira, I think, is probably <sighs> I just watched Mistress of the Dark last night. Yeah. I've been watching horror movies all weekend. That's fine. I'm just trying to prep myself for today. I just adore her. I think she's amazing. Did you know the Baba Duke was it actually is a gay queer horror icon? It, it is. It is. Yeah. What? No, what are you, we doing? You just you just took uh, you know, we've been discussing these questions and you just took my answer for one of them. Oh, well, we'll come back to it. So <laughs> I want, I thought, well, since Chris is here, we might as well ask him the same question. So horror movie remakes, Chris, yay, nay, or okay if they got a little bit more gay? Well, I'm guessing the little bit more gay we're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, God. With a very uh, homoerotic oh, <laughs> kind of just, relationship I mean, between there was. And the main guy. Have you seen the the documentary? I did. Yeah, it was. It was. There's a lot. I, he, yeah. mm, I have my thoughts on him, <laughs> but and I, you know what? I didn't see Nightmare Two for years. Really? No, yeah. I saw it. In, I saw it when it came actually in video back in the day. Yeah, no. I saw it when it I came don't, out because you know what? They didn't play that one a lot on TV. No, they it was didn't. always one, three. Yep, one and three for sure. Yep. But two never got a lot of play. No, it didn't. It, so, and, and I think that was because of the overtones. I think even back then people kind of had yeah, that. I wish that I would have figured that out. Well, yeah. I, but then the kid, first time I, I saw it, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> the gay is all, it, it just explodes on your face. In that oh, movie. it is. It, it's, it's very prevalent. We do a special episode about that they movie do. someday. But yeah, I know. I think remakes can be good. And I, yeah, I think adding some diversity to them it always <laughs> kind of helps. <laughs> like add some diversity. I'm like, add a bunch of gays. Well, it's And yeah. add the other L's and the G's and the B's and the T's <laughs> exactly. and the Q's. Add everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. There is a movie that I would like to see remade. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is a, it's one of the only, it was one of the first, if not the first, I would say one of the first queer slasher films called Hellbent. Hellbent. And it's about a group of LGBT friends. They're all identifying as male, um, but they're on various degrees of like sexuality and they are stalked uh, during carnival uh, by a shirtless serial killer who is a total daddy, uh, but he hides the top half of his head. But the movie is so queer infused. Yeah. And there's a lot like you can, I actually, I would really need you to see it because it would be interesting to hear your thoughts because yeah. I see it from a queer lens and um, to have another lens to see it. But I would like that remade today because it did not get the justice it deserves okay. and it should have gotten a damn sequel because it ended. It's such a good ending. So. Yeah, no, I'll have to see it. Yeah, no, I haven't. I've, I think I've heard of it, but yeah, I haven't. Yeah, oh, Hellbent it. is great. 
Um, okay, who was your favorite Dracula, best Dracula? There have been Draculas for every year. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I really kind of like is Gary Oldham mm-hmm. in, you know, the Dracula, the 90s Dracula. So I saw it in high school. I thought he kind of inhabited, you know, that role fairly well. The young Dracula with, you know, the old, mm-hmm. you know, Nosferatu-esque Dracula. Um I want to see it again. It's been so long. It has I, been. I, I would watch it again. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I, I kind of like, I just love Gary Oldham anyway. Though. Sure. I just, he's just amazing in anything. But yeah, I like him. I mean, actually, if you really want, Once Bitten with Jim Carrey. Oh my God. With Was that the Lauren? Female. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I think so. Lauren yeah. Hutton? Yeah. Oh, what yeah. a great movie. Yeah. So, I mean, that was. Doesn't she bite him on the thigh? <laughs> she does. Doesn't bite him she on the sucks, inside of the thigh. She sucks him off on the inner. And they always <laughs> made a big deal about it. Like, oh, oh yeah. she's going to that spot. She's going but, to that yeah. Spot. And it just Jim Carrey that he just it was young, you know, Jim Carrey. He was. When they, what a great that's actually I mean it's not a great movie, but no, that's a funny movie. It is a good it is. And then there was the um oh it, it was the something blood, I'd have to look it up, but it was in the like nineties and she was a vampire that would go around like basically biting um mobsters and mafia oh and she would blow their heads off afterwards so they wouldn't become a vampire she'd feed on them that's <sighs> interesting i'd have to look up the yeah, name of the let movie me know what that is after the show but yeah she i, I, I remember i took that. a date when i was in high school we went and saw it and she was it was an interesting it was an interesting take on that but one of the mobsters gets away and so mm. she's got to go what, a, what, a, what, a, what an interesting take though mobsters that's yeah so she would, i like it, when a horror movie goes outside of a trope instead of like kids and yeah or and, teens. exactly yeah and you she know. would like I said, and then she'd basically off them so they wouldn't become vampires because she'd put a British feed on them to the so point. But yeah, so those are kind okay. of my, um There is one I will give a shout out to. It's the guy that, who I don't even know his name, but it's the guy that played uh, Dracula once on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was hot <laughs> as hell. I don't know if he was great, but he was hot. Uh, okay, what about favorite witch? Um, Man, that one's kind of a hard one. I There's, know. Because when you think, I always, I, you know what, honestly, I'm just going to go back. It was Broomhelda from the old Bugs Bunny. <laughs> you know, every time she would like take off on her thing, like the bobby pins and the, stuff would leave off leave. behind yes. her. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was Broomhelda is what her okay. name was. But yeah, I, 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 I like, I, I got to give her to She just, I just love that. Makes me laugh. All right. What about worst candy to get at Halloween? Oh, the worst candy, man, is those bad, the. Say it. The, 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 um, Are they peanut orange? butter, Ugh. orange and black and the peanut butter. My grandpa Why? loved them. Why so we still make them. I don't know. Those were just the grossest things and they'd always be hard yeah. and like stale. And yeah. Um, I would, if I gave out candy cause I don't, cause I live in an apartment and nobody stops by, I would give those out <laughs> to the kids I don't like. That is, yeah. No, my grandpa loved them. <laughs> so anytime we'd get them in the candy, we'd just put them aside for him and he'd be, he loved those damn Ugh, things. So but gross. yeah. All right, queerest horror icon. I think we already know your answer, but still. I was going to say the Babadook. I, I, I love, I just, it blows my mind. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Do you know who I, uh, when listening to the thing with Penny, what I had said was Jeffrey Rush in the remake of House on Haunted Hill. Oh, Him, yeah. his character was a queer icon. I mean, he's a dick. He's a villain, sort of. I don't know. That's such a complicated movie too. No, I can, but, I can but I see think that. he is, I think he was a queer icon too. No, so. I, I can see definitely, um, I can definitely see that. No, yeah. but no, the Babadook. That's I just every, every anytime the very first time I saw that movie, even before I heard about the whole, you know, in, with the community, I was like, wow, 
wow. <laughs> is it because he's stylish? It, it kind of is. It's kind of that the the vibe that they the, yeah. the actor gives off in that movie mm. just very much. That's another one I need to see again. Yeah, it's a great movie. It, it, and like I said, just that it, it is. It, it's that vibe. You just kind of get that feeling. Like mm-hmm. I said, and, and and I like it because it's not really like. So over the top, you know what I mean? Right, it right. is it, it, it is in there and it's, it's just well done. So yeah, no, that was when you maybe, said Babadook. Maybe we need to do a special Pride episode about the Babadook next year. Yeah. A great one for Pride Month. I'm sure people would be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> right. that was, oh, Innocent Blood. That's the name of the Innocent movie. Blood. Okay. Yes. Okay. It was and nobody like, you know, nobody in it that you really know. Um, but yeah, it was Innocent Blood is the name of the movie, and I think it was 92. Yep, 92. Okay. Hmm. Um, Never heard of it. But yeah, no, it's a good one. You'd probably like it. It's I like I said, would. she's... But yeah, she... I remember that picture. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. that poster for sure. But yeah, she would like I don't I think said, I've ever seen that movie. I Like I said, I took a date. <laughs> we went out on a date and saw what it. A great date. Yeah, and so... Um, was it Sarah? No, no, no. I didn't meet Sarah till after <laughs> all that. Yeah, till after... Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's a good, like I said, it is definitely one of those just like, it, it's almost like a black comedy at a certain mm-hmm. point, just because how over the top, the kind of mafia they make, it's the typical Italian mafia. I love that it's innocent kind of. when they're, they're mobsters. Yes. That's hysterical. Yes. Well, it's time for another email. Um, this one comes from a listener, Corey. Um, I don't know. It's about Tennessee. I don't know if Corey is from Tennessee. He didn't tell us, but thank you for listening. <laughs> So apparently, he says, hey, Gason, here in Jamestown, Tennessee, we have an urban legend about the boy in the bathroom at Pine Haven School. Uh, apparently, there was some sort of, he was a small kid, and he was always being bullied, and he went to the bathroom to hide. Uh, one time, his bullies found him, and they beat him up and pushed him into the mirror. The glass cut his throat, and he started to bleed. Uh, the bullies found some loose floorboards and actually hid his body, thinking he was already dead. Uh, but he actually was still alive and slowly bled out and was found a week later. Uh, So they closed the school down, and I guess they tore it down and built a new one. Uh, However, the old school is still there. And Oh, I guess they didn't tear it down. They just built a new one. Uh, However, the old school is still there, and lots of people break in and explore and say, if you go to the bathroom at the end of the hall and stare into the mirror, there you will see the boy. And if he doesn't like you, he will enact some sort of revenge. Have you ever heard of that story? Because I hadn't. I have not heard of that story. It's very Bloody Mary esque. Yes, yes, for sure. So, I'm, you know, these are urban legends, but I'm gonna still check y'all out and make sure you're not just sending me some bullshit. So <laughs> I looked it up. There are tons of articles about it. Really? And there are pictures of the school, and it is covered in graffiti, and somebody even spray painted it. Happened here on hmm. the floor. Interesting. Um, but no one's ever said they've actually seen the ghost. Wow. But um, and somebody even said that they've never found any reporting of a child death. But yeah. I was like, you really think the school's gonna publicize that? No, that's true. Um, but yeah, it's still there. Mm. That's interesting. interesting. But why why do we always have ghosts in bathrooms? <laughs> I don't know. Is it because like the bathroom is like the place that you're the most vulnerable because you're going ooky? I guess that could be. Because if you think about like there was Moaning Myrtle oh, in yeah. Harry, Potter, <laughs> Harry Potter, right? Uh, Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street when Freddy has oh. his glove coming up to well, slice yeah, her vagina. Yeah, out of the out of the bathtub. bathtub yeah. Um, Ghoulies where the oh, one little guy comes, comes out up of out of the toilet. toilet. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of ghosty stuff about bathrooms. No, there is. I guess it is just it is kind of a and of course Bloody Mary. Well, yeah, Candyman. Well, yeah, and, and arachnophobia. The, spi- the spider. In the bathroom. I can't yeah. handle. It. Don't talk about that movie. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's too much. It's too much. Like I actually get tensed up thinking about all those spiders. Wow. Oh my god. 
Um, but yeah, I just never understood it. But I have never heard of this place. No. But I, like I said, I went and looked it up, and uh, there's a lot of articles about it. So. That's interesting. Yeah, that's actually another kind of story, a <laughs> personal story, which you know, which my scoutmaster murdered his wife in the basement. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, uh, that's kind of, how well, casually well, it just might, said it. Well, it just reminds me of that because they said they thought he was dead and that she was the same way and he put her in the freezer. And I mean, I spent the night in the house, not with her in the freezer. I met them. I met his youngest son many years later. But yeah, and he buried her out at the scout camp. And yeah, you can see all that. It's Forensic Files on, um, it's called the uh, Talking Jesus. Skull. Yeah, the Talking Skull. You know, I've told you that story. I just... I don't know. I don't think you have. I didn't. Oh, yeah. My scoutmaster, yeah. Murdered his wife. Again, this is another reason why I don't do the Boy Scouts. Yeah. No, he, and he buried her out at the scout camp. And uh, Why is it the scout camp? Well, because he, it was, he had access to it because he was a scout leader and oh. he thought he buried her in it. He didn't know it at this time, but it was a dry creek bed. So it, eventually the, it uncovered her body. And it's a really interesting story. The only reason they found out who she was, because she was from, um, I believe, Vietnam or one of those mm-hmm. countries. And, and he didn't he left her clothes on and a metal button on her jeans helped them find out that she, where she was That's from because they thought she was originally a white woman and so they were looking for missing white women and they mm. weren't having any leads and yeah the guy one of the detectives found the button and it had a it had a, a specific term on it and you could only buy those jeans in her home country and so that's where they started and then kind of worked their way. Won't won't the dead do it? Yeah. If you think you're going to get away with murder to somebody, well, it's going to come and out. And it was actually the first case they ever reconstructed the face over the skull. Oh. And it's actually in so in like um, social anthropology or f- forensic anthropology courses now because it was the first time they reconstructed her face over the skull. It's really, like I said, it's called... Nowhere the, near I thought this was going to go tonight. Sorry. I just, I just no. <laughs> I just like, Jesus. Yeah. I'm, oh, well, my brother and sister's Dennis killed his wife too. So I just, I've got a lot of death surrounding my and they're all true stories why didn't you talk about the dentist's death when we talked about the lady that stole the teeth oh i didn't even think well I, she he didn't steal her teeth but yeah i'm was, just saying Jesus. and my mom used to work for a defense attorney and so oh yeah. this is how you know all these i got yeah, there's there's mm. yeah there's some other ones but anyway I won't wow hold this up any longer but yes. uh i mean i just can't wait to hear what the hell pops into your brain after the rest of these <laughs> Um, <laughs> we have another Missouri urban legend. Uh, this one is called the Kirksville Devil's Chair. Have you heard about the Devil's Chair in Kirksville? I don't know if I've heard about a Devil's Chair in mm-hmm. a cemetery, but I don't know if it's the one in Kirksville or not. It could very well be, but I have heard of other Devil's Chairs. Yeah, in so cemeteries. like Devil's Chairs are really just like stone chairs that are um, put in cemeteries for people to sit. But for some reason, every chair has been called a devil's chair. I couldn't figure out why either. I'd looked. But the Kirksville's devil's chair sits in the Highland Park Cemetery. And uh, it was added to the grounds by a prominent Missourian named William Baird. And he's a well-known banker. And he put the, the chair there. And it's it, there's nothing exciting about it. Like, there's nothing really going on with it. But the legend says is that if you those who are brave enough to sit at the in the chair at the stroke of midnight or on Halloween night will be grabbed by a hand from the below the ground. <laughs> the hand will yank the person out of the chair, pull them underground, and take them into the depths of hell, never be heard from again. What a what a way to go. Nice. Um, also, William Baird doesn't even he's not even buried in that cemetery. He's <laughs> buried like in another one down the road. Nice. But Missouri isn't the only place that has devils. The devil's chair. Yeah. There's uh, my favorite is the one in Florida. It's the devil's chair in Casadaga, Dega, Casadaga, Florida. Uh, it's a graveside bench. 
in a cemetery that borders Casadega and Lake Helen. And according to the local legend, if you place an unopened can of beer... Because it's Florida. Because it's Florida, man. <laughs> you put an unopened can of beer, the beer will be empty or gone in the morning. Nice. Also, if you open the can, uh, the beer will also be gone uh, in the morning. And then somebody also said that the devil himself sometimes appears to anyone so bold as to sit in the chair. I am just wondering if there is a guy that has figured out how to get free beer. <laughs> That's, and who's who's the one that was like, hey, you know, I'm gonna offer him a beer. And see yeah. what happens. Come back. Oh, it's like, Florida. oh, the beer's empty. It's Florida. Yeah. Um, and then in Iowa, there's one in Guthrie Center, Iowa, and it's a cement cast chair located in the Union Cemetery between two graves. Uh, and uh, this legend says that anybody who sits in the chair will be followed by bad luck. Would you sit in a devil's chair? I would actually. I knew that you would. There's, there's, yeah. That's well, you know me. Like I said, if we hunted Bigfoot, I'd be the first one to. <laughs> I'd hear yeah. something and run in and get mauled by a bear. Yeah. Because yeah, no, I I run towards things. You I do. I usually don't. Uh, run if we ever away. had like a show, I would be running in one direction, which is to safety, <laughs> psychological safety, and physical safety. You, on the other hand, is like, oh, it's a doorway to hell. I'm gonna pop in and right. see what the hey, lake of fire look like. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be. I, I, I've I've always been just. Yeah, I'm gonna run towards it to to try to figure it out. Oh That's well, just me. Speaking of running towards things, we're gonna hear some more uh, spooky Halloween trailers for a couple <laughs> of other horror movies, um, which I think I've seen both of these. So here we go. of science fiction, the food of the gods, the terrifying tale of man fighting for his life against an ecology gone berserk. Marjo Gortner, Pamela Franklin, the last chance an unsuspecting world has against harmless animals and insects made huge, vicious by the food of the gods, hunting humans in packs, preying on their flesh. The Gods. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. The food of the gods for a taste of hell. Oh, Friday the 13th Part 2 when Jason first really like took over as the killer. Mm -hmm. uh, All that kind of fun. Were you are you a Friday the 13th fan? You know, I I, can't, I kind of I I guess I am. I don't know. I remember actually in high school. I forget which one came out. <laughs> my friend and I went and saw, it, and he worked at the movie theater. And oh, so, okay. I, what was what, it? Was was, the, it, was it eight? Was it Jason Takes Manhattan? No, was it, it wasn't. It might have been ten. When did ten come out? Ten came out. We were out of high school by ten because I saw okay. ten in at a preview show when I worked for the TV station. Okay, so, so it, and nine was garbage, but. I would think it would have to be eight was when he was on the cruise ship and then they went to New York. It Seven is when Tina had the, tele- the telekinetic powers. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember which because it was it had to have been right in like the end of the '90s, whichever one came. Maybe that was nine. It might have been. It might have been nine. That finally eight or nine. Let's see. Um, I am a fan up until I don't like nine, um, and I hated. Uh, oh, Jason. Oh, it was Jason X. Oh, so it was Jason Ten. Jason yeah, in it space. was Ten. Okay. Yeah, and um, I. Like I said, my friend and I, he worked there, so we got us in free. Mm-hmm. We actually went down and complained because it sucked <laughs> so bad. But we complained that somebody was being loud in the theater, so oh. the manager was like, okay, so we actually got money. To, we got paid not to see that shady. movie. What it was, sh- it was shady. It was shady. fellow you were. It was, yeah, but yeah. No, I was a big fan. I loved um, Jason Takes Manhattan because, you know, they leave Crystal Lake and he kills everybody on well, the cruise yeah. ship, and then they spend maybe a half an hour in actual New York. <laughs> Which makes no sense, but whatever. Yes. But um, no, I, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Uh, something I found out is that part seven is known as Fry Gay the Thirteenth. Really? I think the article that I read recently said over eighty percent of the cast was actually uh, LGBT. Really? That's interesting. And yeah, I was I like, that. oh. So <laughs> I want to do a special episode of that one too. There we go. Um, also, because one of the men that I have a massive crush on. Uh, Kevin Spurtis is from St. Louis hmm. and he was on Days of Our Lives. He oh, played okay. the dastardly Dr. Craig Wesley. <laughs> and when I worked at the TV station, he came in for an interview. Oh, nice. When I tell you that I I have never been so... You swooned? I, sw- I was, you were swooning? He was, like, he was like, oh, I was like, hey, I, I just need you to put this mic on. And he was like, okay. And I go, yeah, you just take it up your shirt. And, and he was like, you can. And I was like, uh. <laughs> I was so nervous. I, I took bet. a picture with him. I've lost it because it's on like a digital camera a hundred yeah. years ago. He is so fine and he has only gotten finer with age. And they brought him back recently on Days of Our Lives like two years ago. Wow, nice. Where he, because when he was on the show, he played a straight man. They brought him back as an older man coming out. Oh, that's Which is a really that's great cool. storyline for him. But anyway, yeah. daddy, if you're listening, I am, I will <laughs> just, Jesus. Anyway, um, and then Food of the Gods, I've never seen. Did you ever see Food of the Gods? It's I, like giant rats and stuff eating people. Oh, I have heard of it, and I probably did see it at some I, point yeah, in time, but it's not. Never, it wasn't that memorable. No, no. But you know what is memorable, Chris? What's that? Calling in and leaving a voicemail at the Gabbing with Gason voicemail. That's very true, and it's very fulfilling. It is it, very it, fulfilling. Fills, it fulfills your life's purpose and gives you a sense of accomplishment. But we got a couple. We actually have four that wow. we're going to listen to. Right. You know, right? Four or five. I don't even know anymore. Um, no, maybe it's five. Is it five? I think it is five. Um, but yeah, the first one is one of our own guesty besties. And let's hear what she has to say. Jason, you might be, oh, my pronouns are she, her. You might be shocked to hear that you unknowingly walked past 30 six murderers in your lifetime and i have a question for you does the murderer that kills you count as one of the 36 (laughs) (laughs) okay so that was that was guessing with Kristen. because on the last episode of the show kaylee and i were talking about i think the average is you walk past six serial killers in your lifetime i had no idea about the 36 murderers I would assume if you're murdered by a murderer, then you that would count as number 36. I don't think you get a bonus murderer. Well, yeah, no. It would, it would be part of that statistic. I mean, how many people out there killing? 
Do you ever well, just think about I, that? I know quite a few. Well, honestly. wait, this is the worst question to you even are. ask you. you I, I skew those statistics. I kill that bell curve, man. Man, uh, I, yeah, I've known I've known quite a few murderers <laughs> in my time, and in association, didn't know they were murderers. So like my scout, yeah, my scout master. He taught me how to canoe. Sure. Of course, yeah. he did. Yeah, so it's like, hey, I'm gonna teach a canoe. I also murdered my wife. Let's go canoe. Exactly. Well, and like my brother and sister's dentist. You know, I mean, it, you just never know. I can't even right now we are moving on <laughs> all right um uh, let's see here we go here's another one hey Jason. happy spooky season ah hey this, this is gary and i just wanted to know have you ever had anything just absolutely baffling in your trick-or-treat bag uh just i asked because a couple years ago i took my neighbor's daughter out and when we got back we found a mccormick's taco seasoning mix spice packet in her bucket I mean, like, yeah, sure, whatever. I, I'm, I'm sure that's great for someone who wanted it, but yeah, whatever. But yeah, just wanted to know. Love the show. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, hey, Gary. That's listener Gary, everybody. Uh, listener Gary, thanks for calling. Yeah, so um, I don't know if I'd be... I'm, I, I will take any seasoning mix. <laughs> Um, what, have you ever gotten anything that you remember as a kid that was like, what the hell? There was down at the bottom of the street, there was a old, older, well, old, I, older woman. Uh, she was wheel. She was bed bound and she, they had like a hospital bed and mm-hmm. everything. And they had it in the living room and they'd always want the kids to come in to oh, see her no. because she wanted to see the costumes, which is a sweet thing, but it was oh, no. frightening. Cause I mean, she had equipment, medical equipment oh. and just everything they would give I kid you not. They would give the those plastic gloves out, like wait, just, just not to wear when you're in their house. But ev- every year they would just give you a pair of those, you know, <laughs> those latex gloves or whatever. Because I guess they just had so many, and they They're were like, on fixed income. Kid, kids will love these. Yeah, there's a lot of things yeah, you, you could, could do. I mean, Howie Mandel at the time was big with putting them on Throw his head, head and blowing yeah. them up. But yeah, no, I kid you not. That's every year they would they call you in, and like I said, there would be like three or four kids, and she'd come in, and like I said, she was a nice old, but she was hooked up to every type of machine, and it was fairly kind of scary actually. It's the most bizarre. But God then they would they would and they'd roll them up. They'd have them like rolled up. And they just put them in your bag and you just go on your way. And the very first year we got them, my grandma was like, she thought it was something else. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a yeah. She oh thought it was a prophylactic the way it was rolled up. And then when we unrolled it, um, but yeah. And I mean, we had the one uh, guy in the neighborhood, Mr. Walton, who would give fruit. Oh, like, yeah. not just apples, just all kinds of fruit. And then, um, sadly, every year you'd see him the next day cleaning him out of his gutter because everybody would throw. Oh, I never did. No, not Mr. Walton. Yeah. What but a dick move, everybody. It, it kind of was. But So, for me, one of the last years I trick-or-treated, it was like I was in sixth grade, you know, when it wasn't really like you should stop at that point. Like, I don't think today, but I mean, back then it was kind of looked down upon. We were going around, and I remember... I was dressed like Jason because mm-hmm. it was a cheap costume because it was just a oh, mask. Oh, yeah, I've done it. Knife. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I always always shoved the knife through my eye hole. Oh, God, no. Like a fake knife. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't a real knife. And we had this neighbors on the other side of the... So, like, we had two subdivisions, but they were divided by a highway. But you could walk back and forth because we all did because we were out in the boonies. And um, one of the guys that there was a group of... There was, like, two two or three brothers, I think. They lived together in a house with their parents. And they were older. They were in high school. 
And um, my sister was walking me around. I think I'm, I think I was in sixth grade. I may have been fifth. And um, they came screaming out and running and scared us. And they picked me up. And I didn't know what was happening. So I was like stabbing them with the knife. <laughs> and um, they took me inside. And I was freaking out. And my sister came in. And they're like, oh, we're just playing. We're just playing. We just thought it'd be fun to scare somebody. And we didn't know it was you, Jason. Blah, blah, blah. And we're going to give you stuff. And just give us your bag. And, and so they took my bag. And I saw them open the refrigerator. And I was like... <laughs> hell and when we left i opened it up it was a package of bologna nice they gave me a an opened package of bologna nice as an as an i'm sorry but man i fought for my life because he was like oh he's hitting me he's hitting me (laughs) i was like put me down first of all i'm a chubby kid Uh, uh. oh my god thanks gary that was a good one that was all right here we go we have more i thought we only had five but i was wrong here we go. Hey, are you more into tricks or treats? I've definitely met people who prefer the trick part. I'm more of a treat person. What about you? That's, that's interesting. Now, here in St. Louis, there's the tradition is that you're supposed to perform a, a trick or tell a joke, right? Yep. Yep. That is, I don't think that's anywhere else. It isn't. No, it's a very, it is a very St. Louis thing. Yeah, to have a joke ready to. Which is what I heard about it. I was like, what? We didn't do that. Just give me the damn candy. <laughs> I am definitely more of a, I will give you, I would rather you take treats and stuff like that. I'm not a trick person. I mean, to people that I think would be funny to pull a trick on, I would. Like, if it was like something for guesty bestie Kyle, absolutely. Um, but I am more of a treat person. I want treats, so therefore I would give treats. Mm, yeah. And oh. good treats. <laughs> Like John and Pamela, full size like candy, candy bar, bar treats. There, you go. Mm. there was a house. They they had money back in the the eighties. Uh, they gave out full cans of soda. Oh, nice! Everybody got a can of soda. Oh my god! Great. <laughs> it wasn't like the off brand either. It was like full on Pepsi nice. and Coke. Yeah, I our family was always kind of my mother, especially and my uncle um, were very much tricks. Um, and I remember, because uh, my mother, as you know, she lost her leg in a car accident uh, below the knee. Um, and so the one Halloween, a couple after, a couple Halloweens after she had lost her leg, they had set up this, and it was the, it was supposed to look fake. It was a box, and it had a fake leg on it. And my mom put her stump <laughs> into a hole in the top oh of the box. Oh my god! But it would look like you know, it would, with people that didn't know she didn't have a leg, it would think her full leg was in this box. So my uncle would come out with this hatchet. Oh and god! They had this, this these kind of pants, and so he would like kind of scare the kid. We'd always gather a whole bunch because my grandparents' neighborhood there was all kids. So we kind of gather a bunch of the kids together for each little performance. And so he would come out of the behind the house and uh, and like he'd come over and like my mom would be like, you gay, go away. And he would come over and chop her leg off. Okay. Jesus. And there was always a little bit kind of a blood spray or whatever. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, not like horrible, horrible, but so all the little kids would kind of be like, oh, oh, it's so gross. Cause I mean, it, it looked fake. I mean, it really did. Right. And then my mother would lift her stump out and it would have, she'd have gore on the end of it. And she'd be like, he really did it and like you these kids like half of them would like faint you'd hear them screaming you the, traumatized oh, children these parents would just glare and then of course the teenagers and stuff loved it and they'd have to come over and see like is it real you know my mom's like yeah no i don't have a leg and so yeah it was always i a- can't <laughs> 
And so, yeah. And the one year she sat out as this was actually before she lost her leg when she was younger. She sat out dressed as like a scarecrow. And at the time, my mom was very, very thin. And so she'd sit and it looked just like a fake scarecrow. And my grandparents had a porch with some stairs. So she would let the kids get up to the stairs and whoever was handing out candy would kind of keep them distracted. And she'd move the chair in front on the sidewalk so the kids would turn around just freaked the hell out so yeah my mom was always a trick i wish y'all could see my face yes my mom there was, is so much happening right now yes my mom was always uh, she'd always my god i'd be pissed so yeah it was more of a trick i mean i prefer treats but i do a good trick every now and again isn't a, a bad thing all right we've got we're moving on because i cannot handle what <laughs> just got admitted to Pretty sure it was a psychological crime. Oh, I'm sure there's some kids in therapy were talking about that for sure. years. Hello, Gabbing with Gason and all the Gabbers listening to Gason. This is Sarah, and I was wondering, do, does Gabby with Gason and his guestie bestie believe in haunted places? And if so, or if not, um, why or why not? And if so, what is the scariest place you've ever been to? And what is the creepiest thing you've ever experienced at a haunted place? So not like a haunted house tourist attraction, but at a haunted place. Um, what is the creepiest thing you've ever uh, experienced at one of those places? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I adore her. Um, yes. The answer is yes. And I think you also believe oh, the parable. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, there's been a lot of stuff and I've talked about it on the shows before. I don't know if I've ever told a story. I can't remember. I probably have. But um, one summer I helped my brother with his subcontracting business. And so I learned how to roof, which I know mm. this is a big surprise that this delightful <laughs> chubby homosexual was up on a roof. Um, but in one particular house, all the supplies were stored in the basement. And he was like, hey, go down to the basement and get this, this, and this. And I went into the basement and the this feeling of being just glared at this feeling of I mean it was like the feeling of so much just like pressure like the, the there was a change in the air mm -hmm. and I every sense I had was being like get the hell out of here now so I grabbed the stuff and I ran upstairs and my brother was like what the fuck is wrong with you and I was like I don't I just don't want to go back down there and I was like I don't know why I go that that just the it's just there's so I don't know and he was like whatever and eventually he went down and he came back up and he was even uncomfortable and he was like you're right there's something weird about that so we were doing some stuff in the inside of the house, you know, too. And the, there was a, uh, the realtor came, uh, not the realtor, the investor came by, this guy that bought the house and was getting ready to, he was flipping it to sell it, right? And he came by and, you know, he's like, how are things going? Just checking in on the work and everything. And then he said, oh, did you guys go to the basement yet? And we were like, yeah. And he goes, oh yeah, it's where the guy shot himself. Mm, nice. And I was like, oh, and it made so much sense because it just felt so oppressive down there. So for me, I mean, besides growing up in the house that I grew up in, yes. that is one of the creepiest things that I think is I've ever felt because I didn't know about it beforehand. It was just the feeling. I yeah. mean, I've just still, I tense up thinking about it today because it's one of the most uncomfortable places I've ever been. What about you? See, I don't really get creeped out like that, but I do have... Of course you don't. Could I you mean, all see that? Could you all feel my eyes roll at that point? <laughs> I mean, there has been some... There's something that does 
it it sends kind of a chill up my spine when I hear it. We did um, a couple of investigations at the Limp back. Mm. Well, it's been gosh, ten years ago. That's more. another episode we need to do. We do with Limp. Yeah, the Limp, Limp is history. it's amazing. I love the Limp, and so we did overnights at the Limp a couple times. And the one time I was doing EVP electronic voice phenomenon. Um, I like how you say it so casually. Yeah. If, well, <laughs> just to explain, it's basically when you capture something on an audio that you don't hear with your ears. It's something, it's like our EVP we caught mm-hmm. uh, last Halloween. Um, anyway, Check out the Gab with Jason. Exactly. Halloween Spooktacular 2022. <laughs> and the ones after that. Or before <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, we caught, I was in the room, and it's the Lavender Room, and if you know anything about the limp, it, mm, it was the... Lavender yeah, Lady. Yeah, Lavender mm-hmm. Lady, yeah, she killed herself they think her husband did it but it's what's, a lot I, I maybe need to put a trigger warning before this there episode. is there There's is a lot of like self-harm yeah. and the, the limp there is um but it, we actually she didn't die in that house though it was her it was in her own mansion mm-hmm. a few blocks over but anyway yeah. so i'm in there and i'm doing the, the the standard questions is there anyone here is there anybody like to say anything to us and you hear almost after that a whisper and I mean, it is a whisper and it is a female. I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about it now. And it says, here I am. Oh. And when everybody hears it, when they hear it, because it's, it's pretty low, but when you finally hear it, it everybody I know gets kind of the chills go up their, oh, their back. Because it is, it, is, it is one of the, I mean, we've caught, and we've, we caught quite a few, or we experienced quite a few things at the limp. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's really, I've had an experience as you had, the feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, my mom moved into an, a house and it was, it was two store. They turned it into a two family and we were upstairs and it had been an old rectory. And we, the first Sarah, actually my wife, we went in there the one day to start bringing some of our stuff in. And yeah, that just oppressive mm. air. And my wife always claims I have a grim aura because <laughs> I make, and I've got stories to go along with that as well, but it would, it like moved for room, every room we went into, you'd feel it, and uh-huh. then it would move to the next room. It was like it was trying to get away from us. Oh, and it was it was a strong, I mean, strong. You just and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like you like you've. It actually felt like a feminine presence, mm-hmm. and that it didn't necessarily wanted you to leave, but it didn't want to be in an area with people. And so, and then it seemed to kind of move into the basement while the whole time we lived there, because the old woman that lived in the the flat below us always would complain to the landlord that I was hiding in the basement watching her. And I... Um, you're kind of a creep. No, <laughs> And I was like, I, I never went down to the basement. Mm. There was no reason. And she, so I think whatever that presence was just moved mm. into the basement and she was feeling that. And she was a little crazy too, but... Well, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Sometimes I think about leaving the equipment on in the apartment to see if Miss Johnson is still around. That's my, that's the name I gave my ghost. Cause like, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't felt her in a long time, but there is a lot of like, there's a, usually a pretty ook feeling when you walk down the hallway, like the hallway is where something yeah. happened in this apartment. But yeah. Um, interesting. All right. Hello, this is Sarah from Distraction Row. I'm just wondering if you have any favorite Halloween traditions. Um, maybe one that you could invite me to sometime. I don't know. I'll probably cancel the plans anyway, if we're being honest. If you don't have any favorite Halloween traditions, are there any favorite haunted places of yours that you would like to visit that you haven't yet? Or answer both. Okay, see you guys soon. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) for our listeners, okay, this is our good friend. And we've invited her. 
to several ghost hunts, okay? She wants to be the guys, like, if you watch those ghost hunting shows, the people that stay in the van, and, like, she doesn't actually want to go into any of these places. And so that, that's funny that she brought that up. Because, yeah, she wants to be the guys in the van. And actually, there's a couple places we've investigated that staying out in a van by yourself is actually scarier. Uh, <laughs> Not for the dead, but for the living in, that, in just, the neighborhood. I just love her. She's like, I'm going to cancel anyway. She but, will. So. Yeah. No. We, we invite. Uh, we, she makes it sound like we never. We invite her everywhere. I. That's probably one of the funniest things I think I've ever heard. Um, okay. So for Halloween traditions, I can answer that one. Yes. I go through every horror movie I have. And watch all of them during the month of October. And also kind of cycles them out that I'm like, you know, this isn't good anymore. This has lost its glamour or maybe it's problematic. Uh, and then I also add a new horror movie every year. And I haven't added one yet, but um, that's next week. So I always try to add something new. Um, what about you? Do you have like a Halloween tradition? Not necessarily. We used to always do Ouija board because, you know, I, I, yeah, I collect yeah. Ouija boards. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we'd always like we'd have. Did y'all hear that? How he threw it in there? Just, just like <laughs> that. Just a little bit. <laughs> Oh, uh, I've had people where yeah, I've bought them at, you know, swap meets and flea markets and I carry them around and you should, just, the, yeah, the range of <laughs> just people that anyway. Um, so I, yeah, so I, we, we used to do that all the time. We'd have people over and we'd do a nice, I'd get one of my older boards out and we'd do kind of a little session mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, that's kind of the only really someday we'll do that at your place oh we do it yeah we always do it spell uh Uh, so that nothing comes home with me yeah we always do we have we've always i jason i have tried to invite so many things home with me and nothing ever Uh, yeah that's because they know (laughs) they're like this little gay will react the way that i want that's um as far as a place that i i want a haunted place that i'd like to visit um i definitely like there are two that come to my mind. First is the Winchester house Yeah, out in California, California. Mm-hmm. I really love to do that. Um, and if you don't know anything about the Winchester house, go look it up. It's fantastic. It's so interesting. Uh, the second would be the, the Missouri prison where you can go tour the haunted prison oh, yeah, yeah. and they mm-hmm. lock you in a cell. Yeah. Yeah. The ghost hunters have been there. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I don't want to do that, but I want to go. Yeah. Um, is that the one that has the sugar shack or is that another, mm, you know, I don't know. It might be the sugar shack. I no, I think that's, I don't think that's, that I don't think that's in St. Yeah. I don't think that's the one here in St. Either way. I want to go to both. Yeah. Them. So what about yeah. you? Is there a place that you haven't gone that you want to go to? Um, I would like to actually, well, we've talked about it for the Valeska axe murder house, which you can, it's kind of, a, it, it, it's, I mean, they don't do like, you get to go and stay, I mean, they call, they, they charge you to stay overnight. It's no one gets to do it free anymore. Um, but yeah, it's always been interesting. The Valeska axe murders was always an interesting, we still need to do that. We do. I, and because it's not real expensive, honestly, especially cause you can have up to six people and I think it's like around $400 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you stay, they've got like an outbuilding that you can stay in or you can now they, they used to not let you stay in the house but now they're you can like sleep in the house if you want to but um yeah it's it's an interesting thing yeah that's and that my favorite like haunted episode. place that sarah asked uh, i love the limp i just it is i, I want to do that too yeah i've yeah. been there sitting in well it's a dining area now it used to be charles limp's office at mm-hmm. two in the morning and just yeah it, I, I, yeah, the limp is probably one of my favorite haunted places. It's, it's just really cool. Excellent. All right. We do have one last one. We got hit with a lot and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Hi, Jason. It's Beth. I have a Halloween question for you. Did you prefer to get candy or toys or like pencils and like trinkets and gadgets um, in your Halloween bag? I want to know. 
Have a great evening. Bye. That's a good one. Um, I like a mixture. I remember one year, though, back in the 80s, um, they used to do, I think it's Panini, Pignini. Um, they did the collector cards and sticker oh. books, right? And so you'd open a package of cards up and you get like a card and then there'd always be a sticker in there that would go in the book, right? So they did them for He-Man, Panini, I think it's Panini. Mm. They did them for He-Man and I loved it. And one year, somebody was giving out packs of those cards. So those things were like $5 a piece. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that was cool. But I do love, I mean, I want, obviously I want candy. But the problem <laughs> is, is I have very specific candy tastes and so a lot of my candy would go to waste. Like I'd have to give it to somebody else because I didn't like it. But yeah. Um, I would love fun trinkets and gadgets too. I think anything that makes makes it stand out because you're like, oh, this is cool. Because you know, you're like, I'm so excited to get candy, but candy goes away. Yeah, and there might be a toy that I can play with for a while. Yeah. So what about you? We never really mind <clears throat> areas that I went to. Never really gave a lot of like stuff. Like so, there's individuals like they give like rolls of pennies for some reason. Yeah, fucking pennies. Yeah, they give rolls of pennies, but they're very growing up. I remember I remember very few toys and things like that, mm-hmm. which would have been cool. I do remember one time somebody was giving you those little balsam air, balsa airplanes that you could build back oh, the little yeah. gliders. Yeah, the little put gliders. The there was somebody had a whole bunch of those, which was kind of neat. Fun. Yeah, which was kind of cool. But cool. now for the most part, my the neighborhood they uh they gave out just pretty much strictly candy like i said mm. there's a few exceptions but pretty much it was always candy hmm. interesting what a great question that was super fun what a great little segment thank you all for calling in yeah giving us your uh, questions and, and queries yeah and don't forget that we have the voicemail is open it's not just for this show it's open all the time and you can leave us voicemail too for our next ask gacing segment and you can call 636-400-3732 it's time for intermission. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Right, and we're back um, with more Missouri urban legends. Um, this is one I hadn't heard of either. Uh, I'm just kind of reading over it. Um, it was the Aquadome of St. Charles. You'd never heard of the Aquadome? I have not, actually. So interesting. Yeah. I, it was one of the first things that I heard about when I moved to St. Really? Charles. Really? Yeah. See, that's interesting. I, I mean, I grew up in, in our area. is called North County. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really grow up in St. Charles. But So, yeah, no, I had not, I had not heard of this. So apparently uh, there's a building in St. Charles that used to be called Water Treatment Plant Number 2. Uh, the main structures included office building, two lime storage towers, and a water tower. Uh, the plant died, closed down in 1946, uh, but apparently it did not stay dead. Uh, rumors spread that satanic cults performed occult rituals and animal sacrifices uh, within the chambers and sacrificing chickens on the top floor of the tall, the biggest tower. Top floor, the highest tower. <laughs> uh, the tower has claimed a few lives because of curious teens, which I can believe that. Teens are stupid. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I was sorry if any are listening. Sorry, I, I, I was one, so I'm surprised Same. I survived. Same. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, apparently there was a teen who fell through a manhole and was impaled on a steel spike. 
there are numerous call spaces and sewer lids missing, no electricity, and there was, so there's a lot of accidental injuries. Um, there have also been numerous assaults, sexual assaults, even a case where a sniper in the tower shot a pastor's wife as he was riding on Highway 94 during the, in the 80s. Wow. I, I have to look, I gotta look into this. Yeah. Um, in the early 1990s, they found, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of satanic scribbling on the graffiti covered walls, including 666, and say praises, uh, phrases praising Satan. Uh, and apparently in 1998, the government hired a contractor to demolish the water tower, the water plant. Um, they put a load of explosives in the tower and set them off, but the tower did not fall. They just moved over about a foot and set back down. Uh, the lime towers were well built uh, while the enforcing rods and thick concrete. One tower took three blasts to topple over. In its place is now a law enforcement training center. <laughs> wow. One one tower of terror to the next. That's, you know, that is that that is funny. Yeah, I can't believe you've never, never heard of it. I, that is the first I've heard. That would yeah. have been great exploring back in the, especially in the 80s, 80s you know, 90s. 90s yeah. yeah, when I was a teen and stuff. That would have been a good... Uh, exploration spot. There was actually an old, um, where we used to live in Chesterfield, there was an old nursing home that mm. set back off the road that teens and stuff would go in. It was abandoned and mm. it, it sat in limbo for a long time because there was a battle between the brothers that owned it of who actually owned it. Um, and when they finally settled it, I actually was in contact with the brother that won it because we lived right near it and it was at the height of our ghost hunting. And so I contacted him to like officially get his permission to go on and do a thing. Literally, Jason, two days after he gave permission, it burnt to the ground. <sighs> Yeah, wow. and I was so disappointed. I, I mean, it was probably insurance, but still, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, still. but no, it, it, I forget the name of it. But yeah, it was right off um, the road off of Olive over there in Chesterfield. Um, there's that garden center that sits mm -hmm. there with a the giant uh, chair, chair that's out yeah. front. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. right, and you wouldn't notice it because it's so overgrown and it's mm. set back off the road and the gates were there. But yeah, so that's a similar thing to this, which yeah, I, I but yeah, I'd never. Yeah, heard you of should it. totally look up the Aquadome. Yeah, um, it's it was something that I got told as soon as I moved to St. Charles about it, hmm. and I just remember being like, "What are you talking about?" Like yeah. I'm growing up in the smaller town, a little bit north, and I'd never heard of this. Yeah, but yeah, apparently it was a big deal. Um, there's a ton of information about it online, hmm. including the crimes that happened. So yeah. That's it's fascinating. Cool. Yeah, right? that is interesting. Yeah. No, like right in our backyard. One. Yeah, that's a good another one. one in our backyard. Yep. Um, well, we do have a, an email this time from a listener, Allison in Ohio. And uh, Allison says, Hey, Gason, love the show. When is guesty bestie Kyle coming back on? And if you could see my annoyed face. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you ever heard about the Werewolves of Defiance, Ohio? Have you heard of the Werewolves of Defiance, Ohio? I have not. So this goes back to 1972 when this guy was working and he saw two furry huge paws in front of him. And he he and another friend saw it again a week later. Um, oh, wait, I skipped over this part. He said he saw an animal at least six feet tall and it was carried in a large wooden board and it hit him with the board and <laughs> ran away. And I was like, what a the hell? with a board. Right? Like, I was like... This is a whole story right here. That's amazing. Hit him with a board. Uh, then he and another friend saw it again a week later. They told the police. The police really didn't care. But then all of a sudden there were a ton of sightings by other people in the town. For that entire summer, they all keep. They said that they all saw this werewolf. And then suddenly they just stopped. But the kicker is these werewolves, or as we call them dogmen, have been seen in other places like 
other places in Ohio like Tiffin and even more sightings up in Michigan. And there's a website set up for sightings. Wow. Now I did go look cause she linked the site in the email and the, and it's called dogmenencounters.com. Nice. So you can, I'll put a link in the show notes, but Chris, there are sightings all over the country. There's only like six States that don't have any. Uh, there are three sightings of dog men from Missouri, one in Chesterfield. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So it's interesting to me, like, there's a lot of talk about, you know, like, uh, whatever, what do they call the ones that are in the woods? Skin, skinwalkers? Yeah, there's skinwalkers, skinwalkers wendigos. Wendigos, yeah. So, I don't know, interesting. I was like, oh, this is a great... First of all, who knew there was a damn website? <laughs> to track sort of thing. Now, do all of these dogmen carry around boards to I smack I don't think people so. with? I don't think so. I think that just may have been the defiance one. That it is smacked a- the man in defiance. <laughs> with a board! <laughs> In defiance. That is amazing. <laughs> it's the best part of the story. That is the best part of the story for sure. That oh. just the, I can see the werewolf just carrying. It's like, um, what was it? Oh, who's the wrestler that carried the two by four? Um, oh, God. Oh. I'm sorry. I was just thinking like a werewolf with a two by four to me is like a cartoon on one of the episodes of the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> just walking around with the damn two by four beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I have claws and teeth. I can tear you to shreds, but instead I'm, I'm going to beat the shit out I'm of you with a piece of wood. I'm going to smack you with this two by four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Thank you, Allison, for oh, bringing that into my life. That is, that is the best. I'm now my D and D campaign is going to have a werewolf. Yeah! that just carries around a board to beat people with. I, cannot wait it doesn't use any of its claw attacks it's cl- it, you know just it's bite a, just a just board. a board he's gonna beat the crap out of you I with cannot a board wait for uh john a to come up across oh him. yeah that that so is amazing good. okay uh i think you have one that's also a little close to us it's not like in st louis or missouri but it's pretty close uh yeah it's a seven gates to hell in collinsville illinois and you had not heard of this either this one again i i mean i i, I i'm up on a lot of paranormal stuff but i I guess just not at home i uh <laughs> i need to brush up on that get some get some local flair um all right well apparently uh there is according to some the seven gates of hell in Collinsville, illinois which is not too far from us it's probably about 45 minutes yeah uh the gates are really just railroad trestles built in the late 1800s and the bridges were built to help trains get around the small mining town you know as they do um but yeah apparently there are a trigger warnings apparently there mm-hmm. were stories of hangings lynchings uh kkk meetings satanic rituals and other paranormal uh that took place by these gates um there's two urban legends about the gates the first one is if you drive through each gate in order from one to seven and you go through the final gate exactly at midnight a portal from hell will open when this portal is opened, hellhounds will come out and drag you to hell. We're going. Uh, that's just have the video camera ready. I'm gonna drive through those mother, and I'm gonna have those uh, hellhounds. I'm gonna have some milk bones on me. You know, we need the Rick Moranis voice. A nice, nice doggy, nice pooch. Oh, maybe I got a milk bone on me. Um, so yeah, we're we're going. That's I need to uh, I need to get to that. Second is that if you drive through the gates in reverse from seven to one, a tear in reality will appear, and you can glimpse it by looking back as you drive through the gates. Supposedly, you get a view into hell in your rear view mirror. 
amazing doing it it's it's on my bucket list now that we we've got to do that all i know is if my wife's in the backseat and we're doing this she's going to be looking at me so yeah we'll be gonna hell to pay on that one so i will see how in my review mirror because she'll think it's stupid um but all right so apparently the the gate each gate has its own little mythos surrounding it um apparently gate one uh, is the least creepy but it's hard to see cars coming through the gate both during the day and night but it does have a lot of graffitis like all the gates do um which actually is interesting there is a railroad um there is an online cam for a railroad here in Missouri. And when you watch it at night, there is some creepy kind of fog and stuff that moves around. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be haunted or anything, mm-hmm. but it looks like shapes moving through this fog where this light is. My wife oh. and I watch it sometimes like, and thousands of people watch this cam. I swear to in the small, you send me the in, link. We'll put it in the yeah, show notes. Yeah. In, in the small town, um, in Missouri, and it, there's a lot of there's a big Amish community there, so people watch and you see the Amish getting on the train mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, that's why people watch because it's called rail fans, and they have these mm. of these railroad crossings all over the country. That yeah, definitely give up. me that link. But yeah, it's just it interesting. All right, back to topic at hand. Uh, <laughs> Gate two. Apparently, there has a couple legends about it. Uh, one of the stories is a young African American boy was chased by the KKK and caught and lynched uh, at Gate two. Another story has two friends arguing over a girl. One hung, hangs himself, and the other friend feels remorse and hangs himself as well. Uh, supposedly, you can see the spirit of a man and child by this gate hanging bodies at midnight. That's a lot going on that in Gate 2. Lot, that is a lot going on in Gate 2. Gate 2's got some shit. It does, <laughs> man. Whew. All right, so Gates 3 and 4, apparently they're called the Twin Gates as they're very close together. Uh, the stories of these two gates are the satanic rituals and animal sacrifices that happen between these gates. And if you stop your car and wait patiently between the two gates, you'll soon hear a car fast approaching. But as you expect to see one racing towards you, it never arrives, just its sound. Hmm. That's interesting. You'd think you phantom hear, car sounds. Yeah, you'd think you'd hear more of a like train, you know. Mm-hmm. You hear about the phantom the trains, phantom trains yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, gate five. Uh, this gate you will see in a very narrow, dark tunnel that you have to go through without seeing through to the other side. How terrifying is that? Wow, shit? that's pretty. Even yeah. in the day, I'd be like, "Fuck this, <laughs> we're going correct. around." <laughs> I'm going through there. <laughs> All right. Uh, gate six. Uh, this gate happens to be confused with another called Acid Bridge. Oh, have acid. you heard of Acid Bridge? I have, actually. Okay. Yes. I um, had not yeah. when I was researching no, this. No, I, I have okay. heard of Acid Bridge. Acid Bridge is a group of teen tripping LSD and had a fiery car crash uh, into or off the bridge. And supposedly you can see the ghost car as it reenacts this event. Um, and if it was, you know, that's not an intelligent haunting. You know, that is just what happens. You know, it's just, it just a, a time playing. effect. Yes, it just keeps replaying over and over oblivious to whoever's watching or any stimuli mm. uh, an intelligent haunting is one that will interact with interact you. yeah you yeah. have yep all right uh so then apparently gate seven is the furthest away from the other gates and most people give up before they even reach it <laughs> but it is marked with six 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 that that's amazing yeah i am not uh, yeah, I, I got to check that out. I, I'm so glad I gave you something else to do. Oh, with man. I need welcome. to. I need, well, it's like you heard of Zombie Road, right? Yeah. yeah which and is, I almost talked about Zombie Road, but I was like, no, let's talk about this one. Yeah. Instead. No, this one's this it was interesting. hard to narrow down. There's yeah. a t- Y'all, oh, there are. There are so many that we didn't even go over. Yeah. Well, um, Zombie Road isn't a road anymore. It's a walking trail now. They've closed it off completely. Like, it's oh. it's, been, it's been completely. Because, I mean, it had always been closed off. Close, yeah. But, if you got caught by the cops on there, which we never did, thankfully. But, um, but now it's a complete walk. 
walking trail. There's no yeah, road anymore. Yeah, it's interesting. A, a ton of places when I was researching stuff have been shut down to the public because of so much of oh, like yeah, people just, people being interested and yes. things like that. So yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to go back to another commercial break. Ah ah ah! Enjoy food. Um, I have never seen Bug. Didn't know anything about it, but I thought the trailer was amazing. Bug, I'm I'm pretty sure I've seen Bug. Yeah. Have you seen Burnt Offerings? I have not. Oh my God. First of all, it has Betty Davis in it. Oh, wow. Old Betty Davis. Back when she was not given any fucks. (laughs) It's, it's about this family moves into this gorgeous house, but, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but... There is something going on. There's an old woman that lives in the house and they have to deliver food to her every day, but they never see her. Hmm. And slowly the family starts feeling like something's going on here. Like this isn't normal. Yeah. And um, it is, I don't know why I don't own it. Um, I don't know if it's on DVD. I'm going to see if I can find it. I highly recommend Burnt Offerings. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't. I have it's, not. A, it's just an interesting style movie. Um where it doesn't make any sense until the end and you're like holy shit so um oh yeah 1976 yeah speaking of holy shit and scary movies <laughs> uh you know since we've been doing the show we have been talking about the scariest movies of the year and uh, we both love a scary movie um and it's become a tradition on the Halloween spooktacular <laughs> for us to review the Science of Scare project. So the Science, of, the Science of Scare project was created by the folks over at Broadband Services. And every year what they do, uh, st- they started this back in 2020. And what they do is they have uh, a group of volunteers and they track their heart rates of 250 people of varying ages and they have them watch over 100 hours of scary movies. Oh. So... This year, they did adjust how they collect their data. It's not just heart rates anymore. The new system combines both the heart rate, which is measured in beats per minute, and the heart rate variance, which is measured in milliseconds. Oh. So there's a there's a whole science behind this. And of course, I'll link it in the show notes because I really think everybody should go back and look at it because it's really fascinating to me. But So after they track the heart rates and they, they, they take all these movies and they narrow down the list to 50. And we don't have time for 50. That would take like three episodes. <laughs> so what we're going to do is go right to the top 10 scariest movies 
ever, according to Broadband Services, The Science of Scares Project. Now, the thing to remember is that the average resting heart rate before these movies begin is 64 beats per minute. You know, that's interesting. Have you ever seen The Tingler with Vincent Price? No. It's where they believe that when you get scared, a organism forms in your spine and it's called the tingler and they Mm. actually would it's from 1959 and they some movie theaters would actually install small vibrating in the seats so they would do they'd be like are you scared blah 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 you are you feeling that's what they you would feel the tingle up your spine oh my god that's amazing so then the, the movie theater owners would activate these different in the different chairs throughout the movie and people Freak the hell I would have freaked the hell out. And Vincent Price plays the doctor. That's a, it's an experiment when you talk about, ex- mm-hmm. you know, with these, you know, and so he would somebody he make someone scared and then operate on them and pull mm. these tinglers out of their spine. It I would just, totally do that. It just made I me love that. Yeah, horror. But yeah, no, like I said, select movie theaters would install these little vibrating under the seats, and they would Genius. just activate. And like you said, they there was reports that people would literally just start screaming and I'm freaking sure. out, and then they would just, freak everyone else out oh, too, yeah, right? Because yeah. it'd be random. Yeah, because they didn't have to do all the seats <laughs> mm-hmm. just to make it you know people get scared That's but yeah marketing. and i believe the one the only way to kill it was to scream like that was what would kill it god that's genius (laughs) yeah oh i love this so yeah it was yeah it's called the tingler with a i mean which makes it sound like another type of movie well but yeah yeah. yeah. but no it's with vincent price yeah totally i'm sure i can find that someplace oh yeah yeah it's um so again the average resting heart rate is 64 beats per minute and that's important to remember because we're going to start going through and you're going to see how these rank um so we're going to start we're going to count them down from number 10 to the scariest movie that's ranked this year. So number 10 is 2022's Talk to Me. Um, I have not seen this yet. It is on my list. It's a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, Hmm. which is a genius idea because usually what do we think? (laughs) They're going to use a Ouija board. Oh, of course. Of course. They become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes a terrifying supernatural force. So the average heartbeat per minute watching this movie was 79 beats per minute. Now remember 64 is the resting heart rate. Yeah. So there's an increase and it had a scare score of 75 out of a hundred. Wow. Okay. Next one. Uh, number nine is 2015's hell house LLC. Hmm. Now this just, uh, I, I have, well, I'm going to say something about this because I have seen this one. Now, uh, five years after an unexplained malfunction causes the death of 15 tour goers and staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house tour, a documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy to find out what really happened. The average heartbeats per minute for this 81 and the scare score was also a 75. I have seen this movie. I found it on prime. Okay. It is, t- it's done in like a found footage almost kind of style. Yeah. While I don't think it's necessarily super scary, there are parts though. I watched it during the day and I was like, God damn, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> there is a scene where this woman walks into the basement with her camera on, making fun of these standing fake clown things. And when she moves around, the all of a sudden the clowns will turn and be in a different space. And it'll it's just that's a lot. How Hell House LLC has has made like two or three sequels. Oh, really? Um, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because it's it, like you can. I mean, it's it's definitely a lower budgeted film, yeah, for sure. But I didn't hate it. I am just really surprised that it still ranked in the top ten, 
in this group. I'm just very just shocked by this. Yeah. So um, I would I give it a shout out. Uh, Kaylee and I actually mentioned it in the last episode too. Hmm. We said I was like, oh my god, you're the only person I know that knows about Hell House LLC. So uh, I'm gonna toss it over to you. All right. So at number eight, <clears throat> we've got uh, 2005's The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I saw. It it was okay. I cannot handle exorcism movies i think we've talked about this yes. it's it just it's too much for this little homosexual yeah and i mean if you know that the lawyer takes on a negligent homicide case involving a priest who performed an exorcism on a young woman um their average heartbeat per minute watching this movie is 82 beats per minute with a scare score of 76 did you find it scary no i'm not but you also don't get scared a lot during movies. i, I don't do, and yeah. see that's funny the original exorcist i saw when i was never made it through yeah i saw the original exorcist when i was in probably 13 12 13 my uncle who's older he showed it to me and i literally was laughing through mm. half the movie and he is sitting over there you know he's in his 20s and he's over there like oh my god this scares me before he's telling me mm. like this is the scariest movie i've ever seen and it just the, and I don't know if, I mean, I know what the style of the time, you know, yeah. the, the special effects and things like that. But it just, yeah, that that just didn't, that just didn't fry me. Yeah, I can't do exorcism movies. Yeah. It's really hard for no, me. No, I can understand. I mean, I, it, they can definitely be. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, no, it, was, it was good. All right, so number seven is 2022 Smile, which I heard about, but I, again, I have not seen it. I have not seen one. it either, but it's on the list. Yeah, a couple, I've been, for the last three years, I really haven't been watching a lot of movies. You know, mm-hmm. there's a select ones. I haven't yeah. broadened. I used to watch movies all the time uh but apparently after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient a psychiatrist becomes increasingly convinced she is being threatened by an uncanny entity uh apparently the average heartbeat per minute watching this movie is 83 beats per minute and the scare score of 78 i've heard this is a really scary movie yeah i haven't seen it so i don't know it could it, it very well could be there's um my problem with a lot of modern horror movies is they reply too much on gore Truth. And they become gory movies. Mm-hmm. They're just disgusting. And I don't like that. I don't, Same. I, I'm not a big fan. And that's why, I mean, nothing against Rob Zombie. And I know people, but I, his stuff Ew. is just, yeah. <laughs> His stuff is just always gore. It's just because it's it's that and Sherry Moon. Yeah, nobody wants either of them. Exactly, and it's just it, I can't. We have we have never shied away from our fact that we don't like Sherry Moon zombie. <laughs> so on yeah. this podcast ever. So it, yeah, so I, I I like I do like the more psychological, you know, like mm. even the older movies, you know, like mm. the Haunting of Hill House and the, you know the old ones. I mean, the, the remakes were good. Is one of the, the Changeling is one yeah. of the greatest movies that no one and can, it does not get the credit. It no, no, I agree with that. So so yeah, so I I, I think that's more. I try, tend to shy away from more modern horror just because. All right. Uh, number six uh, is 2018's Hereditary. And I did see this one. I have a lot. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, <clears throat> when her mentally ill mother passes away, Annie, her husband, son, and daughter all mourn her loss. The family turned to different means to handle their grief, including Annie and her daughter both flirting with the supernatural. They each begin to have disturbing otherworldly experiences linked to the sinister secrets and emotional trauma that have been passed through generations of their family. Uh, the average heartbeat watching this was 82 beats per minute with a scare score of 81. And again, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it, but it, it wasn't scary I, I also did not me. think it was scary yeah. it was unnerving it was there is a scene in it that oh, took yeah. me out oh, and yeah. I can see why it would be I can see why heartbeats probably jumped during that <laughs> because I, was, I yeah. was like what the hell just happened yeah no I agree with that it's definitely not it, yeah it, it's definitely one of those ones that's kind of like it grabs you for that minute and you're mm-hmm. like ooh, ooh and you're really uncomfortable but yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, number five is, and it's interesting. The one thing that I think is interesting about this list is it's not just scary movies that were made in 2023 or made in yeah. 2022. Yeah. Like these are the scariest movies. And so something that's interesting is if you've been listening to the show or you've been following the scare project, a lot of these movies move up and down throughout the list throughout the year. So, um, one that I know was on the list last year was 2013's The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. So in 1971, Carolyn and Roger Perrin moved their family into a dilapidated Rhode Island farmhouse, and soon strange things started happening around it with an with escalating nightmarish terror. In desperation, Carolyn contacts the noted paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren to examine the house, and it has an average heartbeat per minute, uh, was 84 beats per minute, and a scare score of 81. And I know we're going to talk more about this later, um, but uh, The Conjuring is one of the scariest movies that I saw in theaters. It the 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 clap clap thing <laughs> fucked me up. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, also, it's based you know on a true story. See, we're Stuff. not gonna. I don't want to get into Ed and Lorraine yes. Warren <laughs> I know, because I, know. I truth in their names do not go together. For I me. I get it. I I don't want to despair. Did you see the Conjuring? Though? I did. Yeah, okay. I did saw you it. like it? Yeah. I mean, for a movie, yes, I enjoyed it. Yes. I like I said, my own feelings about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, yeah. We could episode. we could do yeah we could do a whole episode about that. I I just I yeah. But it was, I mean, it was enjoyable. It definitely yeah. had, it definitely had some moments in it that were like, oh yeah. I, I mean, it's it, scary. It, yeah, yeah de- it definitely gives you a little bit of a, you know, watching it in a dark room and, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it definitely, so yeah, I mean, as a movie, yes, I enjoyed it. As, yeah, yeah true story. Well, like I said, we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming in at number four is 2010's Insidious. A family is in search for help uh, for their of help for their son Dalton, who fell into a coma after a mysterious accident in the attic. Little do they know that there is much more to this endless sleep that then meets the eye as they explore the paranormal and rediscover the past, the key to getting their son back once and for all. The average heartbeat watching this movie was 85 beats per minute and a scare score of 90. We're getting pretty high. Yeah. Um. I I, I don't know if I've ever seen Insidious I, all the I way know, through I, yeah, or I it's 897 sequels. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just never seen it, so I don't know. People really like it. I've yeah. just never sat down. No, to I've watch never. It, it yeah. just didn't look interesting. No, no offense to it, but I need to add it to my list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's I, I agree. Yeah, one of those. All right, uh, number three is this is one I have never even heard of. <laughs> um, 2022's Skinamarink. Yes, Skinamarink. Skinamarink. I. It sounds like something from back in the day. Like it, it would have been like it was a rolling rink where the guy skins people. And uh, anyway, well, now you just gave somebody an idea, right? <laughs> Uh, two children wake up in the middle of the night to find a father is missing and all the windows and doors in their homes have vanished to cope with the strange situation. The two bring pillows, blankets to the living room and settle into a quiet slumber party. They play well, well-worn videotapes of cartoons to fill the silence of the house and distract from the frightening and inexplicable situation all the while in the hopes they eventually ho- eventually some grown-ups will come to rescue them. However, after a while it becomes clear that something is watching over them. Wow. Um, the movie average heartbeat watching the movie is 84 beats per minute and the scare score was 91. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie. I, it's, it's funny because I haven't seen it. And anytime I bring it up, I hear one of two things. Oh, that movie is so scary. Or that is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and it gives me Blair Witch vibes, right? Okay. Cause there are a group of people that love Blair Witch 
and there are a group of people that that just hate the whole idea of Blair Witch, right? So it's on the list. I'm I'm I was very surprised at how far up it made it on this list. Yeah, considering the the number of people that hated it. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's weird. Yep. So yeah, no, I it makes me kind of want to watch it. Now. It does. Yeah, I, it's an interesting premise. I like, I almost want to know what happens. But yeah, nope, I've not seen that one. All right, and number two, we've got 2020's host. Six friends hire a medium to hold the seance via Zoom during lockdown, but they get far more than they bargain for. Things quickly go wrong when an evil spirit starts invading their homes. They begin to realize they might not survive the night. The average heartbeat per minute watching the movie is 88 with a scare score of 95. Have I have you? heard of it okay. and seen like just bits and pieces, but I have not seen the whole thing. So this was actually ranked number one last year. Really? And I watched it... Uh, I don't remember if I watched it before or after this list came out, but it's interesting because the entire thing was filmed via Zoom. Yeah, yeah. I've which seen... is a concept because they filmed it during the pandemic, yeah, right? Yeah. And there are some moments where you're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> um, it's really good. I, th- I think it was good. I don't remember what my review was before, but I mean, thinking about it now, it's... I, I don't think I was as scared, but I was still like, well, this is kind of weird. But then if you think about it, like how terrifying would it be to watch your friend get murdered and you have nothing you can do about well, it because yeah. you're stuck inside because of a damn pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, no, that's it, is it. What looked like an interesting concept. I kind of going on that. There's a movie. Have you seen my little eye? Mm-mm. It's kind of a horror movie based. It was in the mid night, like, like eight, you know, like, mid 2000s um but it's basically these group of people think they're on a reality program Mm. and they've been on this in this isolated house for i forget however long and they get these the drops of food in like they have no interaction with the outside world whatsoever but they're watched everywhere the cameras are watching them everywhere and it basically comes down to what they find out is it, it's not actually a real reality. Pro- well, it is reality program, but it's basically on the dark web and people are betting <sighs> oh, on who's no. going to kill who or who's going to kill themselves. And so it's getting to the end. And when they, if they survive all this, they're supposed to get like millions, millions of dollars. Right. But it, they, and so you, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, they come to find What's it out. Called again? It's called My Little, Eye. My Little Eye. And it is, you watch it. And like you just said, you either hate it or you, or you, or you really it. like it. Mm-hmm. I don't, when you get to the end, I hated it. Like through the whole thing, I'm like, okay, this is interesting, you know, an interesting concept. But then when you get to the end, the payoff is so just shitty. Interesting. <laughs> it's almost okay. like the filmmakers themselves were like, we want to put ourselves in this and we're going to be, it, it just, it gotcha. ruins the whole movie. But anyway, okay. it is I'll definitely worth, it, if yeah, if you're ever just wanting, like you said, it, it is just. A, was it a Saturday afternoon matinee? Kind of, yeah. It, it's just one of the, I forget it was a girl I was dating, like loved it. And she was like, oh, you got to watch this movie. It wasn't my wife now. Um, but, <laughs> I was going to ask. Yeah, no, she loved that movie. Like it's so deep and it's so, and I'm like, mm. yeah, like I will spoil one thing. There's a, one of the, <laughs> there's, there's a geek. Okay. Cause there's the stereotypical. Typical everybody, yeah. yeah. And so there's the geek that's always playing this video game. Okay. There, there, people are being offed and killed. He stops to play the fucking video game. <laughs> Maybe that's his defense. In the, in the middle of everybody being murdered, he defense. stops and plays the video game. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. All righty. Well, we are at the scariest movie then. So coming in at number one of the scariest movie of 2023 is 2012's Sinister. And this is about crime writer uh, 
Ellison Oswald moves his family into a home where a horrific crime took place earlier, but his family doesn't know. He begins to research the crime in hopes of writing a book about it. He examines video footage that he finds in the house to help him in his research and soon discovers more than he bargained for. Now, this one had an average heartbeat per minute, uh, was 86 beats, and it had a scare score of 96 out of 100. Hmm. I am going to tell you right now, I 100% agree with this. This is one of the scariest movies I have ever seen. Really? I don't think I've seen it. Um, Who's, it, who's uh, the main? Who? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Oh, okay, uh, he is, I do like Ethan um, Hawke. It is. I remember seeing it with Guesty Bestie Tracy and our friend Patty at the time. We were the only three people in the theater, <laughs> and I was so terrified that I called my friend Cameron on the phone wow. during the movie because it was almost too much. Like I, I was like, I cannot handle what is happening. I'm not going to go into why, but it is dark as fuck, hmm. and it was it was a lot. It was more than than I was prepared to see. Now the sequel, I was totally fine with because I knew what was going on, and yeah. I was just kind of like, "Well, you know, what are you going to do this time?" But <laughs> the first one, I've never watched it again. I don't plan on watching it again. Um, we can talk about it off air, uh, but I would, I definitely recommend Sinister. It is okay. one of the scariest. Yeah, movies, no, so. I have to see. Yeah, I remember it, but I didn't. I didn't yeah. saw it. Now, um, if you want to see all fifty, including uh, some classics, because there are some classic horror films on there in that list as well. I think maybe Nightmare on Elm Street is in there. Maybe how the original Halloween. Halloween. There are some classic horror films that are in there, but if you want to see all 50, just go to the show notes and you'll see a link there for um, the, uh, the the scariest movies. So uh, take uh, go take a look. And Chris, you have uh, one of your favorite urban legends to talk about. I do. I love this one. It's right up there with Jeff, the doggy mongoose. Um, <laughs> it is called The Bell Witch. Um, it took place in Tennessee. And it was in the early 19th century um, where the farmer, John Bell, uh, resided. He had a farm and he had children. Um, the, if you remember, there's a movie called The American Haunting yeah. that they loosely based on the whole Bell That's Witch. That's what it was. I couldn't remember. It was yeah. like, because the Conjuring wasn't based on the Bell Witch. Yes. And I was, was like, wait, is It's this? called The American, yeah. Yeah, American Haunting. Um, and basically, The Bell Witch kind of started, it, it's kind of like Jeff is where it actually spoke to them. Mm. And it uh, had a huge problem with John, the husband. He mm. was constantly attacking him specifically. And the legends around this thing are just amazing because there's stories that one night multiple voices were in the home and they could smell heavy whiskey and they the void the ghosts were drunk <laughs> literally and like causing a rocket I, I want a drunk ghost yeah and like i said it was just one of the stories that yeah they, they said that, and it was multiple voices it wasn't just the bell witch mm -hmm. itself um, and they called it a witch because there was actually a woman, there was a land dispute John had with a woman on the adjacent property and they, everybody called her a witch and they said she cursed him and, um, but there was never really anything, you know, then there was other people that she was just a nice old lady that had a farm mm. next to them, that, you know, had yeah. a, um, but yeah, the bell, Witch, like Jeff, apparently the bell, Witch loved to gossip and they would, <laughs> it would, it would, it would a theme. And supposedly again, a whole congregation in church. She went to church and was heckling the priest, the pe the, the, the oh. preacher. Yeah, and apparently the whole church heard it from the back of the church, and she was heckling. And none of the bells supposedly were there. The daughter, the because a lot of people thought it was a manifestation of the daughters, mm -hmm. and that the 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 father had done 
unspeakable things to her mm. as a child and it was a man and that's why it was attacking him uh but it would also attack her and she was also a recipient of slaps and kicks and I things remember like slapping that. a lot yeah. yeah and so it just amazing apparently supposedly um i believe it was john adams came i don't know if it was it was before he was president and he came and witnessed it as well and he supposedly brought a well-known ghost hunter with him who was said to have carry like silver bullets and things like that and he was going to get rid of the bell witch and supposedly again these are just stories whether they're true or not they he was let out by his nose <laughs> out of the house <laughs> the, the witch grabbed him by the nose and drug him out of the house is the bell witch still around no there was some speculation because apparently the youngest son mm -hmm. wrote about their experiences many 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 years later and supposedly he said that the bell witch did visit the sister at outside in her own home and mm -hmm. the husband the there was a book that was written that was kind of a fictionalized account mm -hmm. on based on the daughter which had true events but apparently the husband accounted that yes the bell witch it came to their home whenever they had moved, you know, from the family settlement. Cause the husband supposedly they gave, he was having just bad, he was in a bad way. And so mm -hmm. the doctor came and gave him some medicine. And so apparently they gave him the medicine and the bell, witch started laughing and said, she'd finally done him in. And they gave some from the medicine mm. to a cat and the cat, Died. died immediately mm. and so they're saying that the bell witch poisoned him and so john died um and after he died she supposedly was less and less and less and there's one account that's so weird that they said a cannonball rolled down the chimney and hit the fire and like there was like a dying kind of scream but it's such a weird account like i said there's so many stories like if you look up the bell witch there's so many different types of stories about so, it, it and where is this again? It was in Tennessee. Tennessee. So it took place so Tennessee, in Tennessee. You got yeah, it all gone Robert, on too. Robertson County, Tennessee, is when where the house was. So fast. And they called her Kate because that was the name of the old woman that lived oh, on. The, yeah. Okay. So they would call her Kate, but yeah, and they never and they never really figured it out mm. whether something was going on, and a lot of people just thought it was the daughter mm -hmm. being, you know, playing it up, like when she'd have the seizures and things like that, and like doing the voices herself mm -hmm. and learning how to like uh throw her voice yeah, yeah. ventral they always blame ventriloquism yeah. on these things so like i said but it is i, I love when i was young growing up i loved reading about the bell witch because it was just such an interesting concept like i said the simple fact if it was true that a whole congregation heard this disembodied voice mm -hmm. heckling the preacher you know in sunday just yeah and just but like i said apparently like i said she liked to gossip and then the drunk ghost thing just always got me like as um you know that but yeah like i said american haunting they didn't really get into like the voice mm -hmm. so much of the bell witch speaking but yeah so that's one of my favorites yeah it, it was a it was a good movie i mean for what it was for it was, was yeah. yeah but um no it, yeah so that bell witch like i said look it up like i said there's so much stuff out there about it and there's so like i said there is a lot of fictional stuff mm -hmm. that's been interweaved so you don't really but yeah no bell witch was always a always a favorite of mine interesting well we've got a couple more that we're going to quickly get through for everybody uh one brief one that i have to talk about because i feel like somebody would be mad if i did not <laughs> mention the missouri urban legend of momo 
uh, because it's the Missouri monster. Momo the monster uh, is an ape-like creature, uh, kind of like Bigfoot, that was seen by a lot of people in rural Louisiana, Missouri in 1971 and 1972. And Momo's has been described as a large bipedal humanoid with a pumpkin-sized head, about seven feet tall, covered in dark hair, and unfortunately, Momo's got... A stink. He was stank. He stank. He stank. Um, The most well-known alleged sighting occurred on July 11th in 1972 when two young boys were playing in the backyard. Um, Their older sister, whose apparently name was Doris, I didn't get the boys' names, but Doris was in the kitchen when she heard the brother screaming. She looked out the window and saw this dark-haired giant man creature thing. Uh, What? And it was appeared to have been carrying a dead dog. And she said it did have a pumpkin shaped head and large glowing orange eyes. And then throughout the year, there were more sightings, uh, including the local fire department chief and city council member who was driving along a Creek bed when he saw the creature in the vehicle's headlights. Uh, as a result of that, then they, the town formed a 20 person posse to hunt the creature, but nothing was ever found. Um, now it's been, I think like, I don't know, 52 years i don't know it's been over 50 years since the first sightings happened and a filmmaker by the name of seth breedlove created a film called momo the missouri monster Mm. it's on tubi by the way and (laughs) uh he weaves together a documentary format with fake 1970s b-movie vignettes to tell the story something that's interesting to us here in the st louis area is our six flags st louis did have a ride dedicated to momo and that ride operated from 1973 until 19 94 and it was called the momo and it was the black octopus ride yeah it was different colors it was pink, pink and then green, black I think green, green at one point. Yeah. yeah yeah momo was fun um and then chris you reminded me that there was a momo song there was i'm actually trying to look up this but it's okay don't look it up you you sang some for me why don't you, why don't you give us a quick brief tune <laughs> um yeah, it was called Momo the Missouri Mile. I think it was recorded in like the like 70s, 70s late yeah. 70s. I don't know who. There's one, it says Bill Wyatt, but I don't know if that's... I, it's okay. Yeah. We just want to hear you sing. <laughs> but yeah, it just, literally it was Momo the Missouri Monster. <laughs> some say it, some say it, some say it that he wasn't there. Some saying it was a monster. Some say it was a bear. <laughs> But all of us could tell by the horrible smell that Momo had just been there. And I think that's literally the whole song. Oh, that's I the greatest. I I've got to find this song. Yeah, I don't, I, uh, I don't so know. Good. I heard it. I, my One of my um, uh, stepfathers, his brother, had a huge record collection, album collection, and it was just a single that he had. And I just you remember playing it for me. And I'm going to find it. Yeah. Now, we can't have an Urban Legends episode... Uh, and focus on local urban legends without mentioning something that took place here in St. Louis that was turned into a movie. And um, it's probably our best known urban legend besides Momo, don't you think? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, for um, sure. It's The Exorcist House. So, author William Peter Blatty's best selling novel, The Exorcist, had its origins in St. Louis. Um, the legend told of a 14 year old boy who, in the late winter of 1949, traveled to St. Louis from Washington, D.C. Uh, They were convinced that the child was possessed by the devil, and Jesuit priests from our St. Louis University performed a grueling month-long exorcism on the boy, at last freeing the teen from Satan's grasp in the psychiatric ward of the Alexian Brothers Hospital. Yep, and uh, for a long time, they called him Roland Doe, um, Doe, just because they didn't want to give his name out into the world. Um, The name was given to the boy who was born in 1935 and 
to German Lutheran parents uh, in, in Maryland. Uh, he spent most of his time with his aunt Harriet, a spiritualist who introduced him to a Ouija board, and he would play with it from time to time, either with his aunt or by himself. In the late 40s, uh, Roland was 14, and unexplained activities begin to take place in their home, dripping, rapping, scratching sounds. Uh, the picture of Jesus would shake for no apparent reason. Um, after the first 11 days of these things happening, Roland's Aunt Harriet passed away. It is said that in an attempt to contact his aunt, Roland took the Ouija board once more, and it was because of this he became possessed by a demonic spirit. Uh, the activity began to escalate, furniture moving by itself, objects levitating, scratches appearing on Roland's body, and bizarre activity following him wherever he went. Uh, the family first turned to medical and psychiatric doctors who could find no explanation for his changed behavior, and then they contacted a Lutheran priest for guidance. Reverend Lutheran Miles Schultz um, and Roland spent the night with him, uh, had spent the night with Roland uh, for his monitoring, and what he witnessed leads him to conclude that evil forces were involved, and they first held a Lutheran exorcism, then eventually a Catholic one. And at this time, it was during this exorcism by a Catholic priest that Roland slipped free from his restraint, broke a bed, a bed spring from underneath the mattress, and attacked the priest, uh, therefore stopping the exorcism, and uh, the priest unfortunately needed stitches. It was also around this time that the family decided to move to St. Louis to seek further help and moved into what is now called the exorcist house. Through a cousin, the family helped uh, obtain two priests. They visited the home and witnessed the different kind of activities that were taking place. And they also heard Roland speak in a voice that was not his own. They saw objects flying around the room and shaking furniture. So the priests were approved for another exorcism, and they brought in a third priest who was asked to help. That priest has stated that there were marks that appeared on Roland's body, um, including the words evil and hell. And that priest also had his nose broken by Roland during one of the, uh, during the violent exorcism. Yeah. Arthur William Peter Blatty used a diary kept by one of the exorcists as the basis for his 1971 book, which stayed on the top of the bestsellers list for 54 weeks. When the movie came out two years later, audience members across the nation threw up in the aisles and ran screaming for movie houses where they also reports of people conducting their own gothic exorcism, killing several possessed victims in the process. Reacting to the craziness, several police priests with intimate knowledge of the St. Louis exorcism came forward to angrily deny some of the more outrageous claims made in the movie, such as the possessed child masturbating with a bloody crucifix. Worst scene ever. Oh my God. I'm sorry though. I laughed so Stop damn hard. That's where I stopped watching. When like, geez. Oh my nope, God. Don't say it. I'm don't not going to say it. it. I'm not going to say it, but oh say my God. It. I was, that's as far as I got. I was rolling when I, when that scene, it, Oh, anyway, and spewing pea soup like vomit. But the priest did not deny that the exorcism took place in St. Louis. Follow up news articles, uh, some based on excerpts from the diary Blatty used to pen his book, Place the Exorcism at the Rectory of St. Francis Xavier College Church on St. Louis University campus and in the Alexi Brother, Alexian Brothers Hospital. Uh, while with both of the church rectory and Alexian Brothers Hospital having been torn down decades ago, the home remains the last remaining landmark associated with the ghastly story. Whew. And just in case you're wondering, you can easily find the address for the home online. It's been out there for a very long time. In fact, if you use Google Maps, it will actually have a thing that says the Exorcist House. <laughs> um, it has a marker for you. And the home was last sold in 2015. It's currently valued 
because I was nosy and I went to Zillow. Sure. It was currently valued at $217,041. It has three bedrooms, three baths. It is currently not for sale. And no, ghost hunters, you cannot take tours inside. Those people will be pissed. <laughs> and as an addendum, yes. uh, we've, we've found out recently that actually the boy has been named um, as he has passed away. Um, so apparently the boy that it happened to was Ronald Edwin Hunkkeeler. Um, he died uh, in 2020, I believe, uh, on his 86th birthday. Interesting enough, he went on to lead a perfectly normal life. He actually had a job at NASA. Um, he it's held crazy. He held patents. Uh, he worked on the Apollo pro- program. He actually helped develop the shielding for reentry for spacecraft and had a patent for it. And he was apparently his uh, his person um, said that he was constantly in fear of someone finding out that it was him and letting NASA Wouldn't know. Wouldn't you and, be? Well, yeah, it would be. So, I mean, they kept that secret, though, like I said, until after he passed, and then they finally uh, oh, they God, said his you, name. I would have loved to sit down and be like, do you remember any of that trauma? Because I feel like he probably blocked a lot well, of Well, and apparently he wouldn't talk about it. He yeah. wouldn't do interview. you know, obvious, for obviously reasons, people didn't know. But, yeah, the, his it was a caretaker, or it might have been a wife, or, mm-hmm. you know, a partner. She said that, yeah, she he wouldn't talk about it even with her like he just put it he went he wanted his normal life and he just put it all behind him um so i just thought that was an interesting kind of side note to that that they actually did finally name him after he had passed away and that he was such a just a i mean literally he went on you know to do kind of extraordinary Extraordinary things things. yeah and not having any issue with it at all so yeah well i mean he maybe still had to have some i'm sure he probably oh i'm sure i'm sure he has a young child and then even to his teens and things like that but you got to think there are a lot of people that experience that kind of stuff i mean you know you know the house you lived in it kind of stays with you but after a while it it just doesn't it's not a huge part of your but psyche. You are aware of it. You things. are aware of it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's always with you. It's like anything is always with you, but it's not, it doesn't make up who you are any right. longer. And I'm sure that was the same for him as he yeah. passed it. Oh. All right. We are going to take one final commercial break, have some more spooky trailers for you, and we'll be right back. You sweat, but you don't dare move. You want to scream, but you can't. Terror grips every nerve in your body, and your heart is beating so fast, it feels like your eardrums are going to burst. You swallow hard, and you realize there is nothing you can do but wait and squirm. Now American International Pictures presents Squirm, the ultimate horror. Millions of writhing, seething creatures oozing out of the mire, shocked into a frenzy by 100,000 volts of electricity, driven by an uncontrollable urge to feed on human flesh. Squirm. Rated R on the 17, not admitted without parents. By bit by bit, he carved a nightmare. Toolbox murders. He made ordinary tools, weapons of destruction. No, please. I'll do anything you want. Toolbox murders. What he does to your nerves is as frightening as what he does to his victims. <laughs> Toolbox murders. A Calam artist release starring Cameron Mitchell. Rated R under 17, not admitted without Barrett. Have you ever seen Squirm or the Toolbox Murders? Because I have not. I have seen Squirm so many times. Man, there's a scene where they're 
fishing and the dude falls into the worms and he comes up and they're all attacking his face and it's so is it killer fake. worms is that what the yeah movie it's killer is? worms yeah uh, they get irradiated i believe is a nuclear accident of course by a worm is. farm and no it is killer worms literally squirm Cannot is, is killer worms I will but yeah to my list. there's like i said the scene the dude they're fishing and he falls into it and man and these worms and it's so fake it's such bad just you know because it was low budget sure it but it yeah i've seen squirm several times toolbox murders i have not seen that's one that i have not seen i have not either that's on the list oh my gosh what a halloween spooktacular this has been it has we have we have gabbed for quite a bit of time and that's okay because we only do this once a year uh we appreciate you coming back every year and listening to the spooktacular if you have some ideas of spooktaculars uh themes that you'd like us to explore feel free to email me at gabbingwithgason at gmail.com or you can just shoot us a voicemail at 636-400-3732 my gosh all right i'm gonna rock out some plugs real quick i know this is a long episode but i'm gonna plug it anyway uh, don't forget, if you want to become a Patreon partner, uh, you can donate up to a dollar a month. Woo-hoo. And uh, I know that sounds like silliness, but as I say in every episode, that actually really does add up to $12 a year, which seems like a little bit of money, but it really does help out. Um, you can do that. There's other different levels because we are the home of the 99 cent podcast because it's all the entertainment value I can afford to provide you. <laughs> So uh, you can also like us on Facebook, follow us at our website, gabbingwithgason.com. Or uh, you can, if you are interested in supporting the show non-monetarily, but uh, maybe you want to buy us something that we need, you can look for our Amazon.com wish list that'll be located in the show notes too. There's lots of things in there like mic covers. Uh, we always need mic covers because these mics run out after a while. You know, we gab a lot on this show. Um, but the best way to support the show, honestly, is to share it with your friends. Um, you know, if you really like this spooktacular, you have somebody that's really into urban legends, share the show. And remember, if somebody's having a bad day, throw a little gay their way. And I'm that little gay. So, uh, <laughs> and so, you know what? It will have a pledge drive <laughs> to anybody listening. You know, if you want to donate and, you know, to the show, you know, we can put some sort of limit on it or whatever we want to do. I will come to your house as long as you're in the St. Louis area, unless oh. you're willing to pay me to go somewhere else. And I will regale you with all of my stories. <laughs> if you really want to know more, they're all true. They've got the back it up. So I'm going to, you know, put my money where my mouth is and let my, my, yes. my mouth make Jason some money. So if you, you know, want to, if you want to, I want to get in. <laughs> or we'll even, we can even do a podcast where you call in and we talk to yeah, you. Absolutely. You know, we yeah, can do we'll that too. And you can, hear all my stories and you know ask me <laughs> questions because all my friends are sick to death of hearing them because i mean they, i'm hearing heard new them. ones but still. yeah they i all yeah so and they're all true i can tell you about the night my grandmother who her great her grandmother could was supposedly able to levitate tables oh. with her mind my grandmother did the ouija board once and we opened a gateway to all of our dead family members uh. and i can there i mean that legitimately that is one of the most just, and my grandmother would never do it again. She would never touch the Ouija board again. And I was, my aunt and I were talking to a dead, great, great aunt that we never even knew. And they were answering questions. So anyway, just a wet true whistle. Wow. So, yeah. So donate go. money if you want that. Donate um, the money if you want that. You, like I said, we'll sign up in. and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. Um, <laughs> don't forget that, uh, you know, it is uh, as much as we love Halloween season and Halloween is, is closely ending soon. But uh, our next favorite season is coming up and that's Christmas. So if you are into holidays, don't forget that keeping the Yuletide 
Gay with Gayson is back for the holiday months. So we already had one episode come out for this month. And uh, we talk about witches, Christmas witches in that one. So you should check it out. Hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll have a couple more episodes this year for it. Or if maybe you just like holiday specials, um, you can check out my other podcast, Out of the Holiday Closet, where I bring one of my holiday helpers in to talk about uh, different specials from uh, throughout the years and so the first episode actually has chris on it and we talk about one of the saint patrick's day episodes of the real ghostbusters um there's some christmas episodes there's an easter episode you never know what you're gonna find on that show so go check that out as well Oh my gosh, Chris, thank you again for coming on. I appreciate uh, you. Thank you for having You know, it's always a good time talking it to is, you. It is I, a good I, time. I, I love talking to you. Um, I don't even have to say, do you want to come back? Because I'm just saying you're coming back. So <laughs> everything else, thank you all so much. I hope you all have a safe, happy Halloween. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, remember to be loud, be proud, be bold, and be brave. And uh, thank you for enjoying our 2023 Halloween Spectacular. And remember to watch out for werewolves carrying two by fours. If I can just impart that one bit of wisdom for this holiday season is werewolves carrying two by fours. They will hit you with them. And with that. Bye. Bye. The Missouri Monster. Some say it, some say it, some say it that he wasn't there. Some saying it was a monster. Some say it was a bear. <laughs> but all of us could tell by the horrible smell that Momo had just been there.